I'm Zhichang Mack. You're watching Below the Belt. Crap! little sister. <laughs> oh my god, he did it. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Jameson Newlander. I played uh, Alan Frog, one of the Frog Brothers in The Lost Boys, and you're watching Below the Belt. The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. for another episode of btb below the belt in the mother effing house i'm your host al soto aka celebrity soda your host with the most here for your weekly orgasm guys we have an incredible show from top to bottom but before that let's go ahead and introduce the panel starting with that's right she is the one and the only affectionately known as your grace <laughs> the one and only Morgan <laughs> Fabulous. Morgan, thanks for having me. Great to have you back on BTV. Yes, yes, great to be here. And Mother um, of Dragons, Breaker of Chains, <laughs> all that. All that good stuff. I love I, it. I'm still I'm still gonna do it. Still doing Black it. Black Daenerys in the house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's go ahead and introduce. <sighs> it's a special day today, guys. Can you believe it? Cosplayer extraordinaire, the birthday boy, Mr. Hardcore Bloodshot in the house. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesse Fresco. Mm. I'm but, here um, once again. <laughs> good to have you back on BTB. So I asked if you were available on. The 24th of June, and mm. you said it's your birthday. I was like, I'm sure there's a million and one things you'd rather be doing. Um, Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but you were like, I would He's love like, to. nope. I would love to go below the belt show. So I was like, you know what? Let's just have a hardcore bloodshot birthday bash in studio. And I know you're mm -mm. aficionado of wine. I actually just watched... Um, I just watched a film with our guest tonight, which is all about um, a wine export expert. Um, yeah, uncorked. Yes, uncorked. Uncorked. That's I've, right. That's a good one. I've seen oh, that one. You actually saw that one. Yes. I started. I didn't get to finish it. Yeah, it's cute. Um, it's good. But she's got another film on Netflix, and my mind yeah. was completely mm. blown. Oh man, it's called All Day and a Night, and uh, we are happy to welcome. Uh, courtesy of our friends over at PR Machine in Los Angeles, Kelly Jenrett. She is an Emmy Award-nominated actress, which is uh, – I, 
I don't know how many Emmy. Uh, we've had a few. We've had a few Emmy nominees, Emmy winning um, people on the show. Um, but I'm glad that Kelly uh, is our celebrity guest tonight and adds to that list. So we're excited to have her on. Um, conspicuous by his absence is the King of the 80s, Chachi McFly. Couldn't be here tonight. But we do have another guest co-host <clears throat> joining, um, and we will introduce her when she or he joins. So uh, <laughs> in the meantime, <laughs> get ready for uh, an incredible show from top to bottom. Morgan, where is your drink? Cheers. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> Cheers and happy it's birthday. A it's a bit Thank of you. a fruity fruity beverage but <laughs> okay. oh mine's a sweet red and so it's it's good yeah. go. well jesse I'm, I'm glad you've chosen to celebrate your birthday with us here on below the belt show <laughs> thank you um, <laughs> even though i have to be up at four o'clock in the morning tomorrow for work but it's Whoa. fine oh okay what is your birthday what? so yeah i i found employment uh, during good. this yeah because Congrats. my other job is shut down until covid goes away which means probably for another two years um yeah. so it's i'm just doing like carpet and so, tiling work if, it's we're, not, if, we're, you know. if we're alluding to production work i i, I doubt yeah. it's gonna be awesome i really yeah. doubt it's gonna be so. that i mean i hope not but who knows i mean you know i work for the federal government and they're still saying yeah. we don't know <laughs> you know <laughs> What the, are they the majority saying? of the government is like, we're screwed. The president is yeah. like, no, everything's fine. Yeah. Glad I'm not using your government name on the show, uh, Morgan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah correct. Um, so uh, I guess let's talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment, guys. As you know, we're still in a global pandemic, but mm-hmm. uh, everybody is clamoring for the theater um, because yeah. big blockbusters have been pushed. Um, but news that Alamo Draft House um, will require guests to wear a mask mm. while at the theater once a the company opens its establishments. They will also check mm. temperatures of customers in many of its locations. So this is quite the opposite initially with AMC Theater. So AMC right. Theaters initially said they didn't want to get political. And they didn't want to work with me. It's not political to say, hey, please don't come into our theater when you're sick. Exactly. And, <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. God. Uh, so dumb. So they changed course because of the backlash of that. Yeah. And said, uh, due to the outcry, immediate outcry from our customers, it was clear uh, it, uh, from this response that we did not go far enough on the usage of masks. Um, we think it's absolutely crucial that we listen to our guests. <laughs> and uh, support of our scientific advisors. So AMC, um, now file, uh, following suit with Alamo, Regal um, has updated its uh, opening policy and will also require guests to wear face masks at their locations when theaters are able to resume business. So um, the first two blockbusters uh, to come out uh, in July are Disney's Milan on July 24th. And uh, oh, Warner, wow. Brothers okay. and Warner Brothers, Tenet. Uh, Morgan, you are part of um, one of our first BTB at home Skype yeah. quarantine editions when we had Jimmy Wong on, uh, who's mm-hmm. uh, one of the actors in Mulan, the live action. And uh, finally, we get to see uh, those films. If everything, you know, 
Yeah. Is on target. I know there's been spikes in certain states, so it might be a state to state thing. Like, Christ, Florida, my God, they got a huge spike in uh, COVID well, it's, cases. It's Florida. Were you expecting anything and Tex- else? And <laughs> Texas, Texas had a surge. New York, Maryland is, a, is, is on the down, and there's a downward slope. So that's mm. kind of a, a positive. Yeah. Fit. Yeah. So. I just got, I just got a, um, I have the Fandango app on my phone. Yeah. And they just sent some alert today saying, you know, that they'd be updating everyone like on what theaters are open and policies and all that. So I'm like, oh, I guess it's, and they're extending their VIP and rewards and refunds and exchanges and all that. So I, I mean, I guess it's happening soon in Maryland. I don't, I, I would hope so. I think mid July is when. Uh, okay, is right. You target. said July. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the twenty fourth, the twenty fourth Milan is when Milan drops, which is, I guess, technically the first blockbuster. Yeah. Um, because uh, they did not want to go the on demand route, right. which a lot of other films are doing. But um, so COVID has affected some more events. They just announced the Golden Globes will actually take place uh, about a month later than expected. I, mm. I'm I'm wondering if they're guessing the pandemic could go into um, next year. I let's certainly hope not. Um, well, the they, Os- they they predicted two years. They predicted two years until the pandemic is over because you still need to find a vaccine. Right, which they takes need the, time. They takes need time. to hurry. They need to hurry that shit up. Man. And also, it's like That's what I, I, said. Got red, I got red carpets to go to, Morgan. Come on now. Well, it also doesn't <laughs> I, help that like it, within within two years, <laughs> within two years, it could it could mutate. <laughs> And be another virus oh, altogether. So it's yeah. like I don't know, man. You know why it's called COVID nineteen? Because there were eighteen previous ones. Other than the X Men, I don't <laughs> want to think of mutations. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. the Oscars have I'll, pushed... I'll mute into something better. Like give me powers. <laughs> as long as it don't turn into Jeff Goldblum from The Fly, it's fine. <laughs> um, Oscars also pushed back two months to April. April twenty fifth. Well, there's no there's no product coming out right now. It makes yeah, sense. True. There's nothing coming yeah. out. Like they're like extending best actress Elizabeth Moss in Invisible Man and no one else. <laughs> yeah, that and and your that being said, she should win. <laughs> uh, that and your film uh, Bloodshot was one of the when I say your film because but one of the last two blockbusters yeah. uh, before uh, COVID. What a way to end it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I did see um what was it. Regal recently announced they're going to be putting films back into theaters. They're going to be showing right. older films. Like here's here's the list of well, films I saw they would be putting back in theaters: Black yeah. Panther, the original Rocky, Unforgiven, oh. Empire Strikes Back, The Dark Knight, <laughs> The Dark Knight Rises, Batman Begins, Inside Out, Jurassic Park, and Bloodshot. <laughs> One of these <laughs> things is not like the other. Wow. <laughs> Like seriously, nobody fucking wants Bloodshot back in theaters. <laughs> despite you being hardcore Bloodshot. Yeah, despite yeah. me, you know. Maybe that's bloodshot. why. Oh, oh man. Uh, so so they don't know what's going on with the Emmys yet. That come um that's traditionally in September. Um, they're thinking they might have to do a virtual um award show, which will be the first major award show to go this route. Um. If they do, they have already attached Jimmy Kimmel to host. Um, so, I mean, I guess technically they could still do a virtual or not even just a virtual, but, you know, um, have uh, 
Jimmy Kimmel on the stage and then have some of the actors in attendance or have the actors, uh, you know, uh, do their six speeches remotely. Or <laughs> six great, feet apart. Great for a joke. Just have Jimmy Kimmel giving his entire opening monologue, and then he just cut to a shot of the audience, and there's nobody there. It's just like five yeah. cameras. Yeah. It's like, that, that's a good joke, but yeah, it's also that would kind be of, funny. You know, yeah, that would be so funny. they're also doing a 15% increase in submissions. Um, okay. And comedy and drama series will now receive eight nominations each. So. Uh, mm. Yeah, man. So uh, they're yeah they gotta increase the wealth, you know the the, the nominee um, number to you know mm-hmm. let more people have a shot at this, you know. Um, and um, so um, you mentioned all of those classic films. I think those classic films do well in drive-in theaters, and yeah. it's interesting yeah. that Tri- Tribeca is doing a drive-in <laughs> series where they're gonna have. Um, Screenings at different theaters, including uh, Nickerson Beach in Nassau County, New York, Orchard Beach in the Bronx, um, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, the Rose Bowl Stadium in California, and other NFL venues. Um, So it'll be a tribute uh, to movies and the shared experience of watching them from the cars, from the comfort of your own cars. and um, yeah, so this will carry um, a ticket price of twenty-four dollars per vehicle, uh, mm. which you can you can check out TribecaFilm.com if you want to go that route. That's like a workaround for pandemic. Another workaround is the Comic Cons. So, yeah, wow. So San Diego Comic Cons will be a virtual Comic Con at home event. I don't, um, I don't even understand what the hell that even means. Like, what? Yeah. What does that mean? Like, oh, so, so they're just gonna post stuff online? Okay. They're gonna post the so the, one of the most popular things are the panels. So, I guess they're gonna have the panels of all these TV shows and films and just host it virtually. I know it's not as exciting as seeing cosplayers, especially the sexy cosplayers that walk around, and that's one of the highlights <laughs> of any Comic Con. But um, now I think this will just focus on television and film panels uh they announced um fear the walking dead walking dead world beyond which you and i worked on jesse Mm -hmm. and the walking dead are going to have uh their own respective panels um hosted by chris hardwick um the host of the talking dead why do you say uh you don't know the story about him and chloe dykstra well you know what that (laughs) has not so i heard it no, it's that, there was not enough evidence, and because there was not enough evidence, and she's allegedly had an issue with, I don't know, it's hard to recall the story, but they would not have offered his job back. You know, a lot mm. of people have not gotten their jobs back. Look at Kevin Spacey. Right. Look at um, so many, so many. I mean, um, Christ. Um, I, I look at Jeremy Piven's. Resume and these are just allegations, and he's gone from major studio films and major TV shows to like indie films and stand-up comedy. Mm. Um, I don't think there was enough evidence, and I don't, and I believe um, Chloe Dykstra is that her name? I, I believe that she did not pursue um, legal action. Well, she probably didn't have evidence, so yeah. right. <clears throat> so, but anyways, um, 
But you know what? That's neither here nor there. We have a lot to talk about on the Me Too movement, by the way. There's a lot of stuff going on. Oh yeah, more stuff came okay. out. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna discuss. We are gonna talk a lot a lot about that later in the program. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really um excited about The Walking Dead because um I'm excited about World Beyond. It'll be great. I worked one day, Jesse. I know you worked on it as well. Mm. Um, Walking Dead more so because I am dying to see this finale. Um, that for, unfortunately they were not able to finish due to COVID-19 as far as post production. So I believe my prediction is that the um they haven't announced, but the finale will be like kind of concurrent with uh, the panel for the Comic-Con at home, and then we'll see it right afterwards. That is my, because they kind of like to give people a sneak peek, so I have a feeling it will go to the panel first, and then it will drop like the next day. Right. On, so um, it's right. filmed, it's just in post-production. It's in post-production. They were not able to finish it remotely. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it's production, yeah. um, I guess, whatever um, I guess devices like, they're using. Yeah, very, just, they, yeah. They, they can't bring like, you know, all the hard drives home to work on the footage and editing. Hard drives, it's just too, it's just sure too much it's just, footage. Exactly. And just the, I'm sure the devices that they use are very, um, they're very intense. You know, I don't yeah. think something yeah. like a home, somebody's home laptop can, 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 uh, handle, it, yeah. can handle exactly. Um, so definitely looking forward to that. Um, also, uh, Robert Kirkman will host a Skybound Expo a two-day event scheduled for July 18th and 19th, which will stream on YouTube and Facebook. This will be separate from um, Comic-Con, but it's going to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Skybound Entertainment. Um, and that's pretty exciting. Um, of course, uh, Skybound also has a bunch of other comic books and other um, properties. Um, and, uh, yeah. So that should be pretty cool. Um and um so the uh toronto international film festival which actually uh takes place in september um they're optimistic that they can do a hybrid of physical screenings of virtual events Mm. so they can't do the all the physical screenings like they have pre-covid-19 um but i guess canada has not been as effective as the u.s so I think they can safely yeah. have physical. Well, they're smarter screenings. and they're 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 Canadian. They're instantly better than us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They've handled so. it better. I, I absolutely handled yeah. it better than than here in the U.S. Although, um, but you know what? The Venice Film Festival in Italy are firmly um, on track to hold the physical festival in September. Oh, so wow. was the country that got hit the hardest is going to have physical. Oh God! This, this isn't this. This is a former epicenter of of COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, uh, they actually are. Yeah, I mean it won't be the same, but you know they're still going to. They still are hoping to have it, man. You know, um, it's still a really serious threat. I mean, I just read a, a D.L. Hughley, actor comedian, oh, hospitalized yeah. for COVID nineteen. He really? was in the middle of um his stand up show. Passed out on stage while performing his set. Um, he had um, so he didn't have like flu-like symptoms, shortness of breath, fever, or loss of taste or smell. He just passed out on stage, guys. Yeah. Um, what was this recent? Yeah. It yeah. Was recent. It was like a couple of days ago. Yep. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. So it's the latest celebrity celebrity to um 
to you know um succumb to COVID nineteen. Yeah, succumb. Well, succumb. I think. Uh, well, the worst. Be be infected by it. Be infected. Yeah. yeah you go. <laughs> I think it's succumb like the worst case scenario, like you die. Yeah. But, uh, but um, you know, they've been having a lot of COVID nineteen um benefit shows and to raise money. Um, Global Citizens gonna hold um a special called Global Goal. Um, Unite for Our Future, a concert centering around the impact of COVID-19. Huge um, musical acts and celebrities are announced. Um, Jamie Lannister himself, Nikolai Coster-Waldo, will be nice. in the house. Uh, Miley Cyrus, Ken Jung. Wow. Yeah. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, Coldplay, Jennifer Hudson, Justin Bieber, Shakira. Usher, um, Billy Porter, Charlize Theron, Chris Rock, David Beckham, Diane Kruger, Forrest Whitaker, Hugh Jackman, uh, Kerry Washington, Olivia Coleman, Salma Hayek, and more. A part of this huge event um, called Global Goal Unite for Our Future. Um, so we'll be available online. All right, so let's talk about everything going in the world of movies, guys. So... Dune, the um, which yes, yes, I know you're happy about this one. Bloodshot, Dune will return to Budapest, Hungary, for additional shooting this August. Um, Hungary not as affected by COVID nineteen, so yeah. a lot of the productions like New Zealand, even England, they're gonna start production soon because it's well, New Zealand is clear. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. there's nothing. It's gone. Zero on. cases of COVID nineteen. Hey, look what happens when a population actually listens to the people that are in charge. Yeah, the I'm people really in charge are actually I, smart. I'm really optimistic for this film because um, the original film, you know, had a it has a, had a good concept, but overall was not a good film. That's which are you talking about the David Lynch movie or the, the sci-fi the original, channel film? The original Dune film. Oh, the David Lynch one. Yeah. The, okay. They, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't very well received. I mean, no. um, but. Um, you know, this is very promising. They have a hell of a cast. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Timothy Chalamet in the lead role. We have Oscar Isaac, Poe Dameron himself from Star Wars. Um, we have Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, oh. Josh Brolin, Dave Batista, Javier Bardem, Stellan Skarsgård. I mean, that's a heck of a cast. Um, and it's interesting, um, Oscar... Uh, in a recent interview said that he wants to gravitate toward more independent films after being in a blue screen desert, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, Star Wars I think Star Wars kind of, you know, yeah. throws and that into Dune, the ground. And Dune as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Dune, I, a lot of that is, is practical. You know, a lot of that is, you know, they did shoot in an actual desert. They just had the green, they had the blue screen, a lot of it to add in all the, the special effects of the worms and all that stuff. Right. So right. What's great is that it's only half the first book. They're they're cutting it in half, which is good because mm. you can't make that in one film. It's right. too big. There's too much. So the first half is going to be about them, you know, setting up the world and Paul Atreides and his mother meeting up with the Fremen out in the desert. And then the second half is about the Fremen uprising against House Harkonnen. So the first half is about the fall of House Atreides. The second half is about the uprising of the Fremen. So it, mm. it's appropriate to do that. It makes sense because tonally it is kind of like the book is sort of, you could chop it in half and it's like, uh -huh. this is one story and that's the other story. 
Right. So it's appropriate to do that. Plus, you know, okay. it's directed. The director is uh, Denny Villeneuve, who did uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yes. So, I mean, it's weird because this movie costs so much money, yet Blade Runner made no money. It was a it was massive. Consider, it considered a flop, right? Yeah. It was a huge flop. Huge flop. Still has consider, not made money. Consider it was well received by critics and audiences like. Oh, yeah. Everybody that saw it loved it. It's just it didn't find an audience. Like, like the original Blade Runner, it just didn't have an audience. Like the people that I, want that. They really wanted it, but the people that it, it's trying to appeal to are a very niche audience. Well, you're not gonna you're not gonna get like a massive box office for for, for films. Let's like. hope that Dune doesn't um you know suffer the same fate. Oh God, I hope not. Yeah, let's just yeah. hope that's the case. I I want them to get to the fourth book where the main character is literally a giant worm. <laughs> if you consume enough spice over the course so, of your life, you eventually become a worm. So I, I don't know. Do they intend on this being a trilogy? Um, you know, I, I only know of the initial film because yeah. you said you mentioned multiple books. There's how, uh, there's how, how you, seven books. No, eight books. How do books, you, th- how do you think oh, they're wow. handling You think they'll condense eight books into three films? No, no, you can't do that. You can't, can't do that. No, like the first, like the first, no. the first two films are the first book. And then you can do the second one as its own film. Third is its own. Fourth is its own. Like it, it'll probably be like. The Harry oh. Potter films, where they're like, right. be like seven movies, and then they'll but like, they have to be successful. Enough. That's the thing; they have to be successful. And like each book is. I remember the host. I love that movie, <laughs> the host. I don't know if you remember that one. With, Which one? Um, with Sarah I remember Cohen. it, but I. I um, it was a series it, of books, and they oh. intended it to have a trilogy. Yeah. And of course, um, what about the Divergent series? They we never got that fourth film to wrap it all up. Yeah. So. You know, things like that, you know. Um, it's a lot. On I, feel like they do, I feel like they do that with a lot of fantasy and sci-fi books. Like, do you remember The Golden Compass? Oh, yeah. Like, I loved yeah. those books by Philip Pullman. And then yes. the movie had Nicole Kidman, Daniel Craig, and it just didn't do well. And now it's that, now it's a show on, uh, is it HBO? Yeah, it's HBO. on HBO. Yeah, and it's actually so, oh, that's good. on HBO now. Yeah, I good. love, yeah, I love it. I mean, yeah. but it's like it, it's like that movie came out in what I think it was like 2005 or whenever it was. Like, I, all the things I kept reading were saying that the world wasn't ready for it, and it's like, well, maybe it would have been now, but it's just like what you're saying about yeah. the host and Divergent. Like, if it, I don't know. I also feel like those movies have their fans because we've all read the books. And like we're fully invested, but you know the average Joe Schmo that's going to see the movie that hasn't read the book, you know they're the ones. They're yeah. like, well, we, like they yeah. don't like it, then you know sucks for us. Yeah, I, I will say I do. I, I did see that. Uh, I think it was Variety or GQ put out an article with the first production photos of the film. Was that I the will one say, I was on the cover of? By, by yeah, that's a joke. A joke. It, <laughs> it looks. Like, I, I do hate. I the don't color. Worry, like. The color palette is a lot of brown and gray. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. it's like, like I, I, if, there's a documentary called um, Jodorowsky's Dune, which came out in 2013, 2014, where back in the 70s, Alejandro Jodorowsky, this is, this is pre-Star Wars, he was going to make an adaptation of Dune, and it was going to be through the lens of um, experimental filmmaker Alejandro Jodorowsky, who did The Holy Mountain, El Topo, Santa Sangre, like very weird experimental films, like, one of his films had such an impact on the audience that they it created a full-scale riot outside the streets. Wow. It, it was made people literally go insane. So oh, wow. you're talking about that guy attached to Dune, and 
it never got made because the budget just ballooned and ballooned and ballooned. Like it was going to have like Orson Welles was going to be in it. Mick Jagger was going to be in it. Uh-huh. Uh, wow. David Carradine was going to be in it. It was wow. this amazing cast. And uh, it it had this amazing color palette. All this stuff was visually impressive. Color it, palette, it, it, very was, it was nothing like the book. Nothing at all like right. the book. It was its own singular film. But because it was just so ambitious and so grand in its scope, mm. they just they canceled it right away wow. once they tried to find the money to get it made. Wow. But, um, you know, that that documentary, if you look at it, they compare it to like current day films. And you see that a lot of stuff that's in that movie found its way into other films like uh, mm. Mobius, like production artists went off to work on Star Wars and Tron, Alien, H.R. Wow. Geek got into film through Dune. Because he was one of the production designers on the film, so so it's in really good hands. It, yeah, it's. I, I think Denis yeah. Villeneuve is going to do a really good job. Um, I do wish I could see Jodorowsky's Dune get made into a film, but I doubt that's going to happen. All right, <laughs> I doubt well, that would happen. Well, guys, what do you think of this, man? So J.K. Simmons says there is a future in the MCU films for his character of J. Jonah Jameson. He is the first actor to portray the same character in two different Marvel movie universes. Interesting yeah. trivia, which is kind of cool. Who else but, do you cast as, as, jo- as J. Jonah Jameson? This, this is <laughs> like, true. seriously, like, who do you true. cast? But I think it's kind of cool. It's a weird tie-in, but they say that this, his version of J. Jonah Jameson will be very different. And then they don't yeah. want it to be very similar than the previous one from... You know, uh, the original Spider-Man films, the Sam Raimi films, you know. Um, but yes, it's crazy. The first time an actor from a previous franchise has appeared as the same character in the MCU movies. So that's kind of cool. Um, He's more um, like, uh, what's that guy's name? Alex Jones. That conspiracy theorist, Alex Jones. Like the way in which when you he see him at the end of Far From Home, like it looks yeah. like the Alex Jones set. He's a conspiracy uh, theorist. He's like an okay. ultra American. Like that's what he is. Okay. Like, so. Very different like from it. what he was in the old Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So Kevin Feige actually made it a point to say, although it's the same actor, um, it's not the same character. So he says that J.K. Simmons is such a versatile actor. Look what what he's done over the years. Um, so yeah, um, I I still think it's really really cool. So very similar news. Michael mm. Keaton who famously started the Cape Crusader in the Tim Burton 1990 Batman, the first two Batman films, is in talks to reprise this character for the Warner Brothers DC movie, <laughs> The Flash. Is this the first time a DC actor, an actor in two different franchises, play the same character? I'm not sure. I know it happens often in television with the CW. They like to bring back like the OGs, you know, with John Wesley Shipp coming back on The Flash on CW, you know, have that kind of tie-in. Well, they also had, but, um, <clears throat> what's the name? Um, uh, Brandon Routh came back to reprise his Superman role exactly. for Crisis and Infinite Earths. I mean, but so they I, did that. But I think this is the first movie. That is true, yeah. yeah. If I there's any, the if one. this is any further proof that they're throwing the Snyderverse into the dumpster, that's, you know, this is proof. <laughs> <laughs> Like I think they finally just gave up. We're just like we, so, we give up. We can't make this work. So I guess the way it works is that it's all about uh, multiverses. Yeah. Um, because well, this is a, yeah. an Flashpoint older version. is about multiverses. Yeah. Very good. You you, so, you probably read Flashpoint. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nice. basically all about Flash tries to 
stop his mother's murder and it inevitably causes a chain reaction that splits the universe into multiple dimensions. So I love it. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting way of, of combining everything. Like they did it with crisis of Earth. They, they said like everything that's been DC related is connected. It's all Canon. It's just a different plane of existence. The only one they got rid of was wow. the Snyderverse. It's the only one they got rid of was the Snyderverse <laughs> because they're like, fuck this bullshit. We don't want this crap. Well, I yeah. don't know if that's necessarily true because they're giving all this money to do the uh, the, the Snyder cut next year. So that, that They're doing that because they're like, look, <laughs> we, we need content. We're not filming anything now. What do we have? Well, drag that mm-hmm. out of the dumpster. <sighs> That's why. That's why. It's a cheap. It's a cheap ploy to, to trick people to go over to HBO Max. It's a cheap yeah, ploy. They don't but, really. They don't really believe in that bullshit. They're just I'm giving excited, them money man. to do it because they need content. I'm, I'm still excited, man. They actually just. Uh, they had a sneak peek. I don't know if you saw this. Zack Snyder yeah. offered a sneak peek. Thirty second clip. Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, comes face to face with a mural of Darkseid. Um, and, uh, obviously Darkseid was cut from the Josh Whedon, um, you know, reshoot version that we all saw, but this is going to be a completely different version. And, uh, that is so exciting to see. So that's obviously a scene they already shot that they can't, I I doubt they shot that recently. Um, yeah, I don't think they filmed too much more. I think they filmed a few extra scenes, but I think most of it was like, they'd already shot the majority of the movie, but then... Snyder left the production, and while he was okay. away, then they fired him, and then Josh yeah. in. So, and yes, he was fired. Yeah. He was fired. So, um, yeah, but I I love how the you know Gal Gadot still Wonder Woman. We have uh, I'm excited about Henry Cavill, who in a recent um, interview said that he is happy. He loves playing Superman. He said it becomes part of your public representation. Yeah. Um, because he meets children, and the children don't necessarily see him as Henry Cavill. They see Superman, and there's a responsibility that comes with that, is what he was yeah. saying. So that brings, up a, that so brings cool. up a point. Like, would children watch Man of Steel or Batman v Superman? Man, it is PG 13. So. The, the ultimate cut is R rated. Oh. Hmm. There's the problem. Like, you say this is a, a movie that's made for kids, but then the content is so graphic. Like, who's the audience for these movies? And it, it bothers me. Does it not bother anybody else that the people that tend to defend Snyder's work are very uber right wing incels with power fantasies? Like when the main people defending your movie are people like Ben Shapiro, who is basically America's bitch boy. And <laughs> Armand White, who is basically Sam Jackson's character from Django Unchained. When those are the two guys defending your movies, Maybe you're on the wrong side of history with defense of your film. Ooh, okay. Interesting, interesting thought you there. Know, when you have like uber right-wing people as the only defenders of the film, that's when it's safe to say that maybe the, the content ones? is not okay. really made for kids. Okay, well, that's completely fair. I'm sure there's a few liberals that enjoyed it, but well, it, that's it, the here, no it's there. It's noting that this version of Superman is inspired by the John Byrne run from the 1970s, and John Byrne is very Republican, ah, very right wing. That's why. Oh, that's why. That's very interesting, man. There you go. So, um, wow. Well, speaking of you know, <laughs> speaking of very interesting new guy, news, guys. Did you know that there is an actor that's going to be in a film that is a hundred percent COVID nineteen immune without a vaccine, 
because this actress is a robot. So oh, a, yeah, I saw this. A robot has been cast uh, in a film, um, a $70 million science fiction film. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, pretty crazy. Um, it's from um, Bonded Capital Media, which fin- finance titles such as Two to Bone on Netflix, the Oscar-nominated Loving Vincent, um, and they hired the first artificially intelligent actor. Um, so this is based, I guess it's still technically uh, untitled, but it's based on a story uh, by visual effects supervisor Eric Pham, um, and follows a scientist who discovers dangers associated with a program he created to perfect human DNA and help the artificially intelligent woman he designed escape. Wow. Um, this is pretty crazy. I mean, this is the future of isn't cinema. That the during... that, isn't that that plot to that terrible movie, Simone? Ooh, oh, Simone. Yeah. Isn't it the same plot? <laughs> they could have, yeah. So I guess it's Simone, but they're actually using an actual robot this time. You know? That's weird. Right. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. Like, robots, do they have human emotion? Is it sentient? Can it work on its own? They're, they're, yeah, I mean, uh, AI is... is remember AI? Yeah, that, remember that movie AI with, uh, with Haley Joel Osment? Yes, yes, I actually, absolutely. I actually like AI. It's, everyone hates it. I, I actually kind of like it. I liked it. I remember crying at the end. <laughs> <laughs> everyone thought that was aliens at the end of the movie. It's like, I'm sorry, aliens, I can, they're robots. I confused yeah. that film with, uh, with iRobot, and that was Will Smith. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But AI, yes, that was a good film. Um, speaking of robots, there's a, a film actually called Robots. Um, it's a um, it's a comedy, sci-fi comedy, near-future independent film starring one of my favorites, Emma Roberts. We had uh, Eric Roberts, her dad, on our show earlier. Um, but uh, Emma will be starring in this film. So it's basically about a womanizer and a gold digger who trick people into relationships with illegal robot doubles of themselves. When they unwittingly use the scam on each other, their robot doubles fall in love and elope, forcing the duo to team up and hunt them down before authorities discover their secret. Wow. That's That's, pretty unique. Very elaborate. There's a lot going on. That's there. a lot going on, but that's kind of wild. I kind of like it. Sounds kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, it sounds really cool. So I'm mm-hmm. curious to see more on that film when um, when we um, when that goes to production. Also, David Lech, Leach, uh, the maestro Leach. behind Leach, Leach. the uh, the director behind Deadpool two and Hobbs and Shaw, has signed on to direct Bullet Train for Sony Pictures. Okay, um, that uh, centers around a group of hitmen and assassins with conflicting motives on a train in Tokyo. Okay, well, hey, he, had, he did a great job in Deadpool 2. Hobbs and Shaw yeah. was a fun film. It wasn't great, but uh, I liked it. Mm. Mm. It wasn't great. It wasn't great, but it had some good moments. It had some okay moments. It's um, goddamn <laughs> fucking ugly is what it is. <laughs> that movie is like three shades of concrete and nothing more. It is so yeah. ugly. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, like lots of lots of grays and browns. It's a lot mm. of that. Yeah, need need some color, man. Need some. Yeah. Um, you look. Also, you look at like his 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 assist is a co-director for the first John Wick, Chad Sahelski. You look at like the John Wick films. They yeah. went full. They went full neon. 
<laughs> and like David Lynch went three shades of concrete with all of his movies. Yeah, like oh, you just see like who directed what from the first John Wick. Okay, that also he directed makes people the, fall he directed asleep. the dialogue. He directed the action. Okay, <laughs> you gotta have colors also to to physically like just catch people's attention because sometimes yeah. you, it makes you tired when you when you're yeah. doing like those monotone like. I think I'll admit, I, I think I got drowsy watching like a Sin City um, and, um, you know, the, you know, because of the color palette being limited, you know, yeah. it's easy. It's easy to get distracted by that. But that's mm-hmm. a good point. Um, also, uh, new movies in production or in pre-production and Hathaway and Bill Murray. Interesting uh, pairing there. We'll star in Bums Rush, directed by Aaron Snyder of Get Low and Greyhound. Robert Duvall in talks to join. Um, basically, it's um, about the relationship between Anne Hathaway's character, Pearl, a highly skilled custom bootmaker, and a stray dog named Bum, voiced by Bill Murray. Hmm. Okay, so hey. the same, I guess more of a family film, you know? So Fun he's basically family. reprising his role from, uh, from um, Isle of Dogs. There you go. <laughs> I guess so. I never saw it. but <laughs> Oh, it's a good movie. It's fun. Is, is it fun? Very cute. Awesome. Uh, Claire uh, Claire Foy of Crown nabbed a lead role in the psychological horror film Dust. Okay. Um, so it's a um, it's based on a script from Westworld's um, Westworld writer Carrie Krause. Okay. Um, it's in, it takes place in 1930s Oklahoma. Um, a young mother haunted by the past uh, becomes convinced that a mysterious presence is threatening her family and takes extraordinary measures to protect them. So typical horror um, plot line there. You know? um, that seems like the plot line for all horror films, it seems. Um, it's hard to get uh, really inventive now. <laughs> We've done everything. <laughs> right? We're ready unless, unless you're Ari Aster, it's hard to really get inventive. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to give too much away. Yeah. Uh, Richard Armitage from the Hobbit trilogy, Paz Vega, and John Leguizamo are starring in a theological crime thriller called The Man from Rome, based on a best-selling book of the same name. Um, yeah, um, so basically it centers on Father Lorenzo Court, played by Armitage, an agent of the Vatican intelligence system, um, who is sent to Seville in Spain to investigate Sent. Sorry, this typo. Sent to Seville in Spain to investigate several uh, mysterious killings. Okay. Also mm-hmm. in production, um, Julianne Moore will play a con artist in uh, a team-up for Apple and A24. Um, and uh, based on a script um, by Brian Gatewood, follows a con artist in the world of Manhattan's billionaire echelon. Hmm. Um, if it's A24, it's probably good. A24 is brilliant. Yeah. They've had like brilliant. one or two does, but the most of them are pretty good. Yeah, they're and they're very particular about their scripts. So oh, yeah. it seems, yeah. because that's why it's everything's been great by them. Yeah. Uh, Gerard Butler, uh, set three team uh, with his angel, has fallen director um, Rick Roman Raw on an action thriller. Action thriller. Wine's starting to work, guys. Uh, Kandahar. Um, and. Um, it's basically Gerard plays um, an undercover CIA operative working in the Middle East. Uh, intelligence leak dangerously exposes classified missions and reveals his covert identity. Okay, interesting. So it's basically, um, it's basically the fourth Angel movie. 
and that is basically uh, <laughs> <laughs> all of his movies are the same at this point. Let's be honest. Just call it Angel. The same. Angel has fallen and can't get up. <laughs> there you go. Angel has fallen and can't get up. Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, sequel He's news. He's a turtle. He's a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Turtle. Turtles turtle. can't get up when they're turned on their shell. Uh, Mamma Mia uh, will be getting its third film um, as the 2018 uh, films were considered um, big box office success. Um, so Yay. a script, a script is ready, um, and I guess they're just waiting for the pandemic to subside before they start production on that one. Um, but yeah, expect um, the original cast to return for the third Mamma Mia film. Hmm. And um, Twister Universal Pictures is looking to reboot the classic film Twister. No, oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, oh. A 1996 uh, blockbuster that will be getting the reboot treatment. Um, uh, plot details are vague on this latest version, version, but um, I'm guessing the effects could be far superior in this film. But do we need to see something like this again? I don't oh, know. No. No. I don't think so. It's, it's, it's really know, basic, right? We know everything about tornadoes now. Yeah. We know yeah. how they work. We know I everything. Think. And not only that, like, Bill Paxton isn't alive anymore. Right. Yep. So I was just watching Aliens the other night on, on Prime, and I, I, re- I remembered, I reminded myself, oh, right, Bill Paxton died. And it really, yeah. it really yeah. broke my heart. It was really sad. But it's like. Such a good actor. Yeah, and Love he, he died, like, in a routine operation. Yeah. You know, it's uh, like just it's so, so sad. <clears throat> but so, yeah, so it's, sad. but yeah, I'm like, like, why remake that? Like, there's so many other things that could get remade and be made better. Like, how do you improve this? The yeah. effects, effects from the 90s are far superior. That's really the only thing. Yeah. I, that's not really a draw, though. Like, look at yeah. um, the, uh, what was it? The Poseidon Adventure with Gene yeah. Hackman. Compare yeah. that to the horrible remake with Kurt Russell. It's basically the same thing. It just has better visual effects. But the original has more character in it. The only draw was, hey, better visual effects. And no one saw it. It's like, better visual effects doesn't make the movie better. It's like, it's not a draw. That is certainly going to be the case for Bill and Ted 3. Because I was a fan of the first two films. The second film had really shitty uh, visual effects. I remember because I watched it recently. They're intentionally that way. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. The first, one, the first one you weren't too distracted by effects, but the second one you were, for me at least. So I, well, I'm sure. The I will third say, film yeah, because it came out in the 90s and it was after Jurassic Park. So yeah. I'll yeah. agree. There was there there was some times where I was like, all right, yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, it, it just had yeah, it had to do with the death character. A lot of his scenes were just just cheesy. Um, let's it's see. Funny, though he's in the third one, it's great. Yeah, isn't that great, man? It's so love- great. I love how it all ties in. I'm so glad yeah. that Keanu's on board because without him, that film wouldn't. Uh... And it's the original screenwriter, so that's great too. Yeah. So. Can we have Keanu, can we have Adam Driver show up in the fourth John Wick as John Wick's brother because they look exactly the same? They could be brothers. Yeah. They should be brothers. <laughs> That'd be perfect. That would be great. He's just got a Hold slightly that. bigger schnoz. But, uh, but put put those two guys in the same movie. Oh my God, that's like a billion dollar box office right yeah. there. Yeah, it is. Like, doesn't yeah. matter what the movie is, they're just they're perfect. There you go. <laughs> yep. So there's some there new go. trailers that just dropped, guys. Um, 
if you're a fan of uh, Johnny Depp, um, he's got a movie called Waiting for the Barbarians. Um, Johnny Depp and Mark Rylance, um, and also Robert Pattinson, the new Batman. Mm. Um, the trailer looked pretty damn good, I have to admit. Um, and um, it's pretty cool. Uh, Mark Rylance plays a magistrate who oversees a frontier settlement at the outer reaches of a vast empire as the magistrate prepares for his retirement. Uh, Colonel Joel, played by Johnny Depp, in a pair of sinister-looking black sunglasses, arrives at the settlement with orders to keep tabs on so-called barbarians on the other side of the wall. So that's the basic plot of that. Also a trailer for a new film um, starring Aaron Eckhart um, called Wander. Uh, has just dropped as well. I was um, what happened to that guy? Yeah, I know, right? He's kind of fell off the planet. Yeah, it's a really good point. We are, we're after um, his, his role in uh, that uh, one Batman film, right? Well, he did like, what was it? He's done a lot since. But... Battle Los Angeles, I remember that. Yeah. Which is like just Halo in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And what was it, I Frankenstein? That that not yeah. tie into Underworld? <laughs> It was supposed to tie into Underworld. That's pretty much it, huh? <laughs> That's pretty much all I remember. And I think he's done a lot of like straight-to-video stuff since then. But yeah. yeah, It's good to see him back doing something. He got a better agent, finally. Finally, right? But this uh, film was actually shopped at the Cannes um, Virtual Market. So they had like a virtual mm. market for other films since they didn't have the festival. Um, and um, yeah, so I guess it... Uh, um, they were able to finish um, post-production of the film um, during the uh, the pandemic, um, so uh, which is good because obviously um, films that have wrapped production can still continue in a pandemic um, from post-production. So hmm. thank God, at least. <laughs> um, other films um, dropping trailers include a film called The Rental with Dave Franco, uh, who actually directed this thriller film. Um, also, Selena Gomez uh, produces a film, produced a film called The Broken Hearts Gallery. Um, this is a rom-com, coming-of-age rom-com, yeah. uh, with Dakri Montgomery from Stranger Things, uh, who plays Billy, and uh, Geraldine uh, Viswanathan uh, from uh, Blockers. Um, <laughs> yep, that's a unusual pairing, but uh, yeah, check that out. All right, I know you're excited about this. We're moving into TV news on Netflix. Jesse, I'm sure you're excited that Cobra Kai headed to uh, to Netflix for season yes. three. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not you know sure. What? What? I, you know why I'm excited? Because I do yeah. not have Hulu, and Hulu was actually <laughs> in competition. Yeah. Uh, between Netflix, so. <laughs> I, I have I have all the streaming services at this Same. point. Yeah, I Same. Yeah. I don't. You need you, all of them. Yeah. Well, if you have I, yeah. cable, you don't necessarily need. Well, I don't know. You don't need cable. Nobody yeah, you don't cable. need cable. So I had cable for certain shows. I, yeah. yeah, I yeah. haven't had cable for years, but oh, okay. I mean, my boy, but my boyfriend has it. But I have had Hulu, Netflix, Netflix Amazon, Amazon Prime, Prime, HBO Go, and, and then now, now Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Yeah, so those are essentials right there. I, I mean, I, they're I did, essentials. I, I did dump Disney Plus. I did throw that away. I was like, yeah. nah. 
You'll get like, it back. No, Mandalorian is over. This is the way. <laughs> I know. This but, is the way. I, 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 don't, I don't need to watch the Lady in the Tramp remake. I'm okay. My I life s- is complete without see, it. I'll get the Disney see, Plus stuff I like in a minute that you might want to um, yeah. join back up. But, but anyways. It, it is bizarre that it's headed to Netflix, though. It's like, what did YouTube like lose the rights? Like, what, what YouTube, happened? No, YouTube wants to move away from scripted content. They're good at what they do. They're good with... The talk shows, they're good with, you know, the YouTube sensation type of stuff, you know, the okay. unscripted stuff. They don't need to do scripted stuff. Um, and, you know, they weren't doing – they and I think – you know what? I think they, people were happy enough with the regular YouTube. Um, maybe that's another reason. I know that premium has its perks. No commercials. You know? No commercials. You can actually listen to it in the background with minimizing it, you know. Yeah. I don't know if that's a big. You can also do downloads and stuff, but um, I don't know. But I'm just excited because it was quite the cliffhanger for the end of season two, which I'm sure oh, yeah. we saw. Um, we we want to know what happens with Miguel, um, and of course, rumored that they will be shooting in Okinawa or whatever location they choose for Okinawa. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure they're not going to fly to Okinawa. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that's not going to happen. Yeah. And also uh, the return of Elizabeth Shue. Oh, uh, she's coming back. Uh, yep, they already hinted that she'll be back. Um, oh. oh, yeah. Because well, they if did, you recall, they, did kill her, they killed her off on the boys. So she's like, I need a job now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> spoiler alert! By the way, uh, it's not anyway. for a year. It's not a spoiler. They, you know, the Homelander well, blew her eyes out with his laser vision. No, so it's like, that's on my to watch list, nonetheless. It's, it's I know. So, I, people keep telling me it's upset. Since I'm done Westworld, which. I'm like, and the magicians, I want to get this abandoned Westworld, dude. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's, it's not worth it. Like the season one and two, pretty good. Season three, fuck it. It doesn't work. Two, two is the one that's all over the place for me. That's why I kind of like, I'm not, you know what I mean? It's just, it's so got great ideas. It's not totally cohesive, but then but by season three, they're just three like, fuck it, fuck it. Whatever. Brings it all together, you know? Um, um, also on Netflix guys, um, the Witcher season two will resume production. Um, has anyone seen Witcher? Yes. Oh, cool. What are your thoughts? I haven't. It's it it's it starts it starts rough. It gets very rough in the first like two or so ep- two or three episodes. By episode four, it finally picks up steam and it finally gets rolling. And grabs you can just you can tell in the first episode that the first episode was a pilot, that it was shot first, and they said, okay, we're gonna shop this around and we're gonna see who likes it. Netflix right. picked it up and they said, here's the budget for the rest of the season. Go film the rest of it. Because you just right. look like visually, there's a lot of handheld in the first episode. After the first episode, there's like almost no handheld. That's actually something. It is mostly dollies and standy cams. That's something to, to keep an eye on when you watch the first yeah. episode of big, yeah. big budget type of shows. They, see, they, they, see the, people, the nuances, you know. People are saying it's like it's supposed to be like the next Game of Thrones or something like that. It, it's not really. Mm-hmm. It's it's not, not quite good enough for that. It's more like. I've heard it. Bob Chipman from Movie Bob described it when we did our Batman v Superman episode. He described it as it's trying to be nothing more than an R-rated version of Hercules: The Legendary Adventures. <laughs> it's it's kind yeah. of accurate. It's, right. It really is. It does feel a lot like that. It's a little it's a little trashy at times, but okay. um, but it it's at least it's good trash. Cool. You know, it, you know, and that's enjoyable enough. And Henry Cavill has, proves that he actually is a good actor, and he's not, you know, boring and stoic like he is in those goddamn Zack Snyder Superman <laughs> movies. <laughs> God, he's so boring. He's a Superman. 
was just oh, so come terrible. On. Come on. His man. his minimal scenes in Justice League, the Joss Whedon Justice League, are infinitely better than everything he did in Man of Steel and BVS. Even with the gummy oh, mouth. No, man. Even I with that gummy good. mouth, it looks ugh. God. I thought he I thought he did fine in Man of Steel. Oh. I mean Batman v Super Okay, well, yeah. All right. Also Netflix guys, uh uh well, so that that so Witcher begins production mid August because it's in the UK and UK has the green light to start shooting, so that's great. Um Lucifer has re- has been renewed for a sixth and final season on Netflix. This is kind of cool because um you know Fox uh, originally aired Lucifer the first three seasons. It was yeah. rescued by Netflix for seasons four and five. Uh, uh, season five actually um, announced uh, will be dropping in August, mm. and then um, and then uh, season six will be the final one. So kind of a cool thing when the, when that happens. <clears throat> I've actually also, never watched that show. Is it, is it good? I've never, I've never I watched, watched it. Too, yeah, it's another I one I, seen it. I've yet to get into. Um, I'm guessing it gets more explicit after they got off of Fox. Oh, Fox, yeah. Netflix. I think I'm guessing once they got to Netflix, they got more explicit. Everything the gets books are better pretty, after it gets off Netflix television. The man. books are pretty filthy. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get, you get because the books are supposed man. to tie into Sandman. The Sandman series that Neil Gaiman wrote, Lucifer oh, was like it all. Oh, so yeah. I don't yes, know if they're ever yes. gonna get get uh, you know Mobius into there. Is it is it Mobius? No, Morpheus. 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 I don't know Morpheus. if it's gonna get, Yeah, the Dream King. Or did you if... read Sandman? I didn't, but I know of it because I've oh my read God. other Neil. I've read other Neil Gaiman. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. That's so. It's cool. a good series. It's I very didn't know you good. I got a Neil Gaiman. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I have to, I, I have so many books that I still want to read, so I'm adding that to my That's list so cool. as we That's as cool. we chat. Have a lot of free time. It's like what, 13, 14 volumes, something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. long. And then you have the spin-off series of like Death storyline. You have yeah, Lucifer, yeah. which is like ten trades long. It's, yeah, it's a long, yeah, long yeah. Story. That's all good stuff. I'm still waiting for that when they announced the official Sandman. The, television series which supposedly is in the works i think they're moving that to netflix is what they said bring yeah. it on netflix it's Man, the way it just, to go. you can't do it as a film it's too big it's too way big. to go yep, gotta be exactly. a show gotta be exactly. a show all right uh black af have you seen a uh, black af black as yes uh, netflix uh season two green lit was a a big hit you're kind of blackish yourself morgan right <laughs> I guess. I mean, we 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 watched we watched that show. The we watched Black AF the day it came out, and yeah. it was just a lot. Like he's extra extra. I like the show Blackish because it's right. funny, and mm-hmm. I mean they do make a lot of poignant. Stuff, but like same creators, yeah, I know. loosely inspired like, by the creators. Uh, I just of felt like it was kind, of, like I don't know. I think it got mixed reviews. Like I kept reading people's stuff on social media, and some people really liked it, and some people were like, "eh." But it was. I guess it enough people liked it. They greenlit it for it season had two. Moments, but he yeah. is just—he's a lot. Like Kenya Barris is a lot. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Also, two new shows on Netflix um, they just launched trailers for. One is with Yvonne Strahovski. Um, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a 
this one is, I believe, a limited series. Okay, so it's called Stateless. It follows four strangers whose live, lives collide at an immigration detention center in, a, in the middle of an Australian desert. Wow. And then they run into a dangerous cult. Um, gets pretty, pretty crazy. Um, the rest of the cast includes... Um, uh jake courtney awesome um dominic west of the wire fame um pretty cool pretty cool trailer looked pretty good and also for um you nostalgia fans um they're redoing um a popular 90s uh books called the babysitters club and make it into a show uh-huh, yeah. nice that's nice. still in kids series um yeah so um um the Netflix series um, just dropped um, its first trailer today. That's um, so, all coming of age if you're a fan. I don't know if you ever read the books, Morgan, but um, I read them all. Oh, you did really? <laughs> so you're gonna watch this? You're gonna watch this Babysitters Club? Uh, is it a movie or is it a? It's a, a, it's show. a Netflix series. It's, a, it's Netflix ten series. episodes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I guess it's ten episodes. Okay. I. Mean, I didn't they make a because they made a movie and I yeah it was back in the eighties with Elizabeth Shue yeah yeah so yeah. I saw that and I mean I, right. a, I remember loving the books like in fifth grade and like that was what you know that and Sweet Valley High <laughs> and, and then after that I was yep. like I'd rather read you know fantasy and that's when I like middle school I was reading uh, Philip Pullman and some of the Neil Gaiman stuff so I love that. Yeah. Speaking of books, um, is anyone excited for um, The Winds of Winter? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. It's going to come out. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's been, yeah. It's I've saying been, that for thinking. what? What, four years now? Yes. Yeah, so uh, George R.R. R. Martin shared um, the news that during the whole pandemic, uh, quarantine. Oh, He's been making steady progress on the winds of winter. <laughs> He's made um, progress when there's absolutely zero distractions. He what spent a shot. the last few months right. in a cabin um, that he's been staying healthy amid the coronavirus pandemic. Um, he really? said the enforced isolation has helped me to write. I'm spending long hours every day and making steady progress. Um, and he hopes that um, the book will be completed in 2021. So there you go. <laughs> Great. I mean, it, it goes to show like that it, it's clear that the reason that he didn't finish these books in time for the show is because mm-hmm. he was occupied working on the show right. and was occupied also with watching football on television. <laughs> so, so it goes to show like when you have no sports and they have no show, what else are you going to do with your time? There you go. So he needed, he needed somebody to kick him in the ass and be like, okay, go to work now. Yeah, man. <laughs> is this whole pandemic thing like God's way of saying, hey, finish Get the last fucking here. book, God damn it. Yep. <laughs> Even I want right. to read it. <laughs> hey, man, I've started watching more TV than I ever have ever, man. Finishing series. Oh, Things I usually don't have time to do. Now you have time to do it. Watched a ton of bad movies. <laughs> um, so it's why the other you podcast, get... the other podcasts I work on, we I have watched so much garbage in my time yeah, working on that other show. To. Swear, well, God. So we've watched why, so why, many why, bad movies. 
I have to watch Rise of Skywalker tomorrow night. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> why you should come back to Disney Plus. No. This is why. Mark and Hamill had a secret role in The Mandalorian they just revealed um, on the docuseries Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, which I implore you, if you're a Star Wars fan, you should watch. It's been fantastic. It's a great documentary. It's eight episodes. Um, it talked about how um, Hamill had um, it's pretty much an egg Easter egg hunter's dream. Um, the droid EV9D9. He voiced that droid. In the uh, which is the same droid in Return of the Jedi that was responsible for registering new droid acquisitions at J- a job in the Hutt's Palace. Hmm. Oh, so, yeah. That so guy. Yeah. Oh, that so, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, that's so the one that welcomes them into the, uh, the, the sort of slave ring that they have of, uh, of droids. Hmm. Exactly. Isn't his dialogue like you're a feisty little one, but you'll soon lo- you'll soon learn some learn some respect on the Master Salem barge or something like that? Yes. I have no idea. I yeah, that's that was the it. one. That's that the one. same droid ends up at the Maz Eisley Cantina. You know, previously uh, droids weren't allowed, and if you that's, see yeah, Maz Eisley right. in which I I didn't even notice droids were all over the place. They were bartenders, and then. And patrons of the Mazaiza Cantina, which is really cool. There was some kind of uprising in between the stories. Yeah. So um, I think that's really cool. Oh, speaking of, it's a fun Star Wars tidbit. Uh, um, there's um, a rocket firing Boba Fett prototype that's on eBay right right now for over two hundred thousand dollars. Oh jeez. Wow. People are selling prototype action figures. I guess there's only a few of its kind that were produced. So the rocket actually launches from the back of the Boba Fett uh, figure, but um, if you have an extra, actually two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars to be exact. If you do you want the action that, figure or do you want a house? Which one do you want? <laughs> know, right. right. Or you want that new Porsche? <laughs> Even dreaming of. <laughs> but none, nonetheless, yes, um, crazy, crazy stuff. Another reason why you should get Disney Plus, Jesse, Lynn Manuel's Miranda's Hamilton. If you've Weren't um if you're too um you know frugal to buy the two hundred three hundred four hundred dollar tickets to watch Hamilton like I was <laughs> I was I was this close to buying tickets for um what was it what was the band King Crimson right like two years ago and their their tickets were five hundred dollars a seat. Or you could be lucky like Morgan and have tickets bought for you. Yeah. <laughs> you little you lucky duck you. Lucky. <laughs> I mean and and he is not into musicals and <laughs> it was like but what now is we... this and, I, and we were like first <laughs> row i mean it was it was amazing like and i was sitting there singing i mean because i'd been singing the songs since it came out like i've been listening to the soundtrack and i'm sitting there singing along and crying and he's well, just now... like I'm glad that you're so, you're so lucky to see that. I'm glad that, that you're person. glad. <laughs> so gl- I'm happy to see that person. It's so out. But the thing is, so is that um, everybody can now see yeah. Hamilton which is from amazing. The their own homes. This is the original cast the with Lin Manuel Manuel Miranda as Alexander Hamilton. So it's it's pretty exciting. I, I finally get to see it. So I'm um, so excited. So Can't yeah, wait. it'll be was cool it, to was see it, that. Uh, was it Davi Diggs as part of the original cast? Yes, Davi yeah. Diggs is uh-huh. in this as well. He he's in it. Yep. Yeah, because he was uh he was in one of my favorite movies of 2018, Blind Spotting. 
which I wanted to compare with the film that we watched earlier today. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. original cast, man. So yeah, Davy Diggs. I can't remember who hit, who who does he play? Um, Davy Diggs plays Marquise de Lafayette. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um. Also, Disney Plus. They just dropped the trailer for Muppets Now. It's a an unscripted Muppet show with celebrities. Uh, Seth Rogen, um, RuPaul, Aubrey Plaza. We'll be getting into shenanigans with Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy. Um, six episodes. With another weekend update. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I can do it. I can do his voice pretty. I can do his voice pretty good. Anyway, I'm coming to the park here with another weekend update. <laughs> Miss Piggy, any, what's going on this weekend? <laughs> and any reason to see Aubrey Plaza is good enough reason for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, our special guest is from The Handmaid's Tale. They actually just dropped. A season four trailer, um, well, hmm. sneak peek oh, trailer, okay. which will um, won't debut till 2021. Yeah. Now I had to check out our guest episode just to get a little familiar with her character, and wow, it wasn't a big role. It was a very small role, but she was nominated for guest star. So that's like, you know, a one episode usually or two episode gig, um, which is actually showing at the creative Emmys, not the main Emmy show. But nonetheless, a great distinction that Kelly Jenrett, our guest for tonight, is yeah. uh, an Emmy nominee. Uh, so well, you don't have to have a big role to make a big impact. Right. I mean, I mean, compared to like um, uh, Apocalypse Now, you know how much yep. screen time uh, Marlon Brando has in that movie? That's like three hours long. You know how much screen time he has? Oh. Like ten minutes. Ten okay. minutes of the screen time. He is yeah. actually on screen. See, there's some there. And he's there like the is. crux of the movie. You have to have the impact. You yeah. have to make an impact in no matter right. how. Yeah. So yeah. and she did. I remember her scene vividly now. You know, watching it and it was very pivotal. Um, Great show too. Great show. You probably know about this uh, uh, graphic novel or comic book. Why the Last Man? Yes. Yes. Awesome. They're adapt. They're finally moving forward with That's, an adaptation. They have tried to adapt that like four separate times exactly. and it has failed every time. And I don't know so, why. They greenlit the pilot. They already shot the pilot. Yeah. And um, it will be on FX on Hulu. Mm. And um, which is the good um, way to go because you can't do that show on network television. Strictly <laughs> FX and not have. Yeah. Right. You can't do that show on network TV. It has to be on a streaming service because it's too graphic. Right. Yeah. Right. And I and I think with F- FX kind of bends the. Uh, they push the, the limit. They, they push, push limit. Yeah, they do. Because I mean, yeah. if you hell. watch it, if you watch shows at like eleven o'clock at night, they get away with like two or three fucks and maybe <laughs> a bunch of like other swear words and a little bit more sex, and that's about it. Well, that's yeah. pretty much what the case is with American Horror Story, and yeah. also Ryan Murphy's American Horror Stories, which is okay. going to be um, self-contained um, episodes. An so, anthology series, yeah. Well, so a, the anthology, kind of a Black well, Mirror type type show. Yes, tales, from the, be, tales from the Crypt. It's gonna be more show, like that, that yeah. Some, yeah. Because most of the seasons go the entire season with the story. Yeah. This yeah. one will have self-contained episodes. Yeah. So Whatever happened been, to that Tales from the Crypt remake that was supposed to happen that M Night Shyamalan was supposed to do? Whatever happened to that? Did they ever move fo- forward? I think he just focused Probably on not. servants on, on Apple TV. Maybe that's still on the back burner. But yeah. Uh-huh. I remember I, 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 I want the Crypt Keeper to come back. <laughs> that would be cool. That'd I miss cool. Tales of the Crypt. That was a great show. It's fun. Oh. You know who actually produced that show? 
Robert Zemeckis. Really? Yes. Mm. Forrest Gump director Robert Zemeckis is one of the original main creators of Tales from the Crypt. I didn't know that. That sounds like a very non-Zemeckis type of project. That's a good trivia fact. Yeah. That's a a great Twitter. Uh, It's a great tweet. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great Twitter thing. So, hope everybody had a good Father's Day weekend. Uh, I'm not a father. I don't think Jesse is either. So, um, but, you know, we... we, uh, God, no. I'd be a terrible dad. (laughs) But we give up to our fathers, of course. And uh, on Apple TV, they actually have a documentary called Dads, uh, showcasing celebrities as fathers. Uh, Will Smith, Neil Patrick Harris, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, um, basically shows them um, uh, in interviews, home videos, emotional moments of the fathers and their children. So um, that is already available on um, on uh, Apple TV. Um, also, this looks pretty cool. They just dropped on Apple TV a trailer for a sci-fi drama series called Foundation, based on the influential Isaac Asimov novels of the same name. Oh, yeah, I want to see this, yes. Have you seen the trailer? It looks, it yes. It, it's, oh, yeah. It, it takes, it, you know the uh, the three looks laws cool, of robotics? You, you, the uh, three laws of robotics, like please, a machine, please a machine, uh, a machine, what is it? Uh, a machine cannot harm <laughs> or by uh, negligent, negligence of action allowed to be harmed another human being. A human, a robot must uh, observe the rules and regulations of the human society. Uh, I can't remember the third one. Um, so, like, basically, it's like it's about the three laws of robotics, about hmm. about how robots interact with us as individuals. Like, I Robot was oh, about cool. that. Several other series, books in the Foundation series, were about that. It's hey, it's it's a fascinating yes. series. It's a little Those- cold. Those rules are very important because you've seen Terminator, yeah. right? <laughs> well, yeah. it's more, it's more uh, <laughs> aliens um, okay. with uh, aliens. Ash and Bishop. Like yeah. Bishop, in because I, I was watching Aliens the other night, Bishop even quotes one of Isaac Asimov's three laws. It says, uh-huh. it is impossible for me to, uh, by action or inaction, allow to be harmed another human being. He even says Ooh. that directly to Ripley, but Ripley, because of her experience with Ash, is super paranoid about him. That's her arc with him in the story is that she gets over that hump of she begins to trust him at the end of the film. That's and then and then Bishop gets cut in half. <laughs> oh, that'd be worth checking out, man, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And last but not least yeah. on Apple TV, J.J. Abrams. Mm. Uh, he, can you believe he's actually doing a coming of age series, which is interesting. Um, it's called Super 8. Uh, okay. Well, I guess that has <laughs> this one doesn't have it seem to have any supernatural type of elements to it um okay. or you know which is a kind of a because he's more on the that genre that we're familiar with but he's teaming up with the broadway musical waitress um sarah Bareilles and jesse nelson mm. together on the successful waitress um sarah Bareilles is a great great um artist um but yeah coming of age drama series set in new york follows best best king a young musician struggling to pay rent and take care of her brother. And it, it features original original music by Sarah in her first television credit. Mm. Cool. Mm. Should be pretty cool. Should be pretty cool. Um, well, it, it's kind of like, um, what was that film? Forever Young. Remember that movie with Mel Gibson and Elijah Wood? I haven't seen it. Yes. And Jamie Lee Curtis? That was written by J.J. Abrams, I believe. Morgan? 
I it sounds really familiar. It's a guy I mean, that goes it's a guy that goes into cryostasis in the 1940s after his girlfriend is killed in a car accident and he yeah. wants to go to sleep for a year. But then the program gets shut down and he sleeps until the 1990s and he wakes up. But then because of the fact that he was asleep for so long, um, uh, advanced aging begins, ha- rapid aging begins to right. happen to him. He turns into old man very, very quickly. Mm-hmm, it's not a great mm-hmm. movie. It's okay. But it's, uh, I believe that was a J.J. Abrams script. That is a yeah, coming of weird. age story. Okay. <laughs> coming of old story, I guess. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's refreshing nonetheless, right? Yeah. I'll speak of coming up to your list. Add that to your list to watch while you're, you know, on yeah. quarantine. Wow. I'm I'm pretty sure that that's, that <laughs> film was inspired by the song Forever Young by uh, Neil Diamond, I believe. So this show seems a little more it's a coming of age with sci-fi and a romantic comedy twist. Okay. Stars Lara Condor for a follow-up role in To All the Boys I've Loved Before. And it's mm-hmm. called Moonshot. It's set in the future where Mars is Terraformed and colonized by the best humanity has to offer. So very. So if you, I guess, qualify in some ways, you can move to Mars. Uh, two very different college students wind up joining forces to sneak on board a space shuttle to Mars to be united with their significant others. So maybe the significant others get shipped. They're not good enough to go to Mars, so they they sneak. <laughs> this sounds this sounds like a cross between Gattaca and uh that's the Expanse. The Expanse. Yeah. Oh, that's another show I need to finish, man. That's yeah. nice. Um I'll say HBO Max, you know, they're pushing out the content um an adult animated comedy called Close Enough. Um trailer looked okay. Didn't something that catch my eyes. This looks a little more interesting. Uh on Comedy Central, they're doing a spin-off of the uh, the 90s hit Daria. Um, oh, yeah. Called, yeah, so it's called Jody. Uh, um, oh, just starring, focusing on Jody? Yeah, Blackish star Tracy Ellis Ross has landed, um, I guess, um, voiceover a role on that show. Um, mm. So, cool. I think that's pretty cool. So it uh, centers on Jody, Daria's um friend at the lawndale high and picks up her character graduating for college and enter entering a complicated world so mm. cool yeah daria was one of the that was that was a cool um i i liked that that was show. a fun show that was a, a fun fan. show that was back when mtv was actually making good content and was right cool. <laughs> yeah back when mtv was cool like yeah. it was like before was when that, they played it was when daria when they played yeah. videos yeah like, beavis and butthead eon flux oh, yeah. uh what was it the idiot flux dope yes the idiot box with uh Alex trl yeah trl they had like, trl back they had and then, singled out oh, man. Yeah, uh, and now it's <laughs> Why is all on MTV anymore? Is it even still a channel? Teen I don't, you know, I don't watch. I don't. Teen Wolf was one of the few scripted series. Oh, that that's best. right. That was an MTV show. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's really only the few ones that did well on that one. Um, if you're a fan hmm. of the Smurfs, the Smurfs are making a return to Nickelodeon. They're doing a as season. a show. Yeah, as a show on Nickelodeon for 2021. Yeah. Um. Yeah, all okay. of your favorites: Papa Smurf, Smurfette, Brainy, Hefty, Clumsy, and more. Um, I would imagine they create more female uh characters this time because Smurfette was the only female. Yeah. 
In that, like, I mean, I'm, there's so many Smurfs. Who are they fucking? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm thinking like, of her favorite so way. I'm sorry. I was just thinking of her favorite way just to say that. Where, where are you coming from? <laughs> or was Smurfette like the town hoe, you know? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Only you guys. Uh, a couple more TV yeah, things I and we'll take a cut break. Wine in me right now. Yeah. So, Dude, we're going to get our so second You can't be responsible. Yeah. yeah. So. So Stars has released a full trailer for uh, this is an interesting title, P Valley. P Valley stands for Pussy Valley, and, uh, oh, and just the valley. <laughs> follows the goings on of a small town strip club in the Deep South. Um, and Stars is an appropriate network to have a show like that on, for sure. But it's okay, uh, based they, on. Don't they produce the show Shameless, or is that Showtime? Um. The uh, no, that's Showtime. Is that Showtime? Okay. Yeah. Make, well, stars. stars is, it's secondary. Yeah, yeah, Stars is known for um, American Gods. Um, they're yeah, known. they make good stuff. Yeah, they make yeah. good stuff. Yeah, yeah, they make good stuff. So, but on Showtime, if you mentioned um, a show I worked on in DC uh, called um, <laughs> The Comey Rule, which is based on James Comey and his uh, his relationship with John, Donald Trump uh, prior to the election. They worked really hard to try to get this show finished before the election. <laughs> so there must be a lot of Trump haters on the, yeah. on the, <laughs> the production. Did you guys show. read the uh, the John Bolton book yet? I have not. No, not yet. No. Wow. But this. If I you mean, want proof that the president it really is a fucking idiot. There yeah. it is. Well, when John to- Bolton is calling you on your bullshit. That's impressive. That right. is impressive. But they're hoping yeah. that this show will influence. This is interesting. They want the show uh, to um, come out before Election Day. Um, mm. And because um, they, you know, they basically want it in front of the American people. Um, and um, influence the population. The, and yeah, the influence of the population. Exactly. Well, I mean, they, they tried that in 2016 with the Fire and Fury book. Didn't work. Right. They released yeah. that early. It didn't change anything Nothing. because districts Nothing have been changed. gerrymandered to the point where it's like they're you can't win. Like yeah. just was it Kentucky like shut down ninety five percent of the polling stations? God, because it's a mostly black community. They shut down ninety five percent of the polling stations so that way Mitch McConnell is guaranteed to win. <laughs> so there you go. The See? only way these pe- these people win is by cheating. Well, they but they did prove that there's no Russian collusion. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! Somehow. Oh, that's horseshit. You know it. I mean, it was... <laughs> so anyway. absolute horseshit, and you know it. <laughs> so let's take this time to take a classic cut break, um, as I and we're gonna end with the cool break with uh, the birthday boys uh, selection. But the classic cut, we gotta give a dedication to. A very well-respected director in Hollywood, films like St. Elmo's Fire, mm-hmm. The Client, A Time to Kill, mm-hmm. Falling Down, The Lost Don't Boys. It. Don't you fucking say it. And yes, yes, Jesse. Don't say it. Batman Forever. and Fucking Batman asshole. Yes. God damn it. Come on, it's Joel Schumacher, Christ's sake. And I had to pick a song. Now, not only is this film, this this song in the movie Batman Forever, 
I know Eva Jones, Joel Schumacher actually directed the music video. I know exactly. So this is a very appropriate song by an artist named Seal. Oh, God. <laughs> Come on, the man died. Let's do some... All right, okay. Yes, I'm sorry I'm <laughs> sad he died, but this song... <laughs> I'm sorry. Aren't you, Al? You're trying to push my buttons. Uh, it, well, that's why you have a closing cut. God damn it. <laughs> Fair enough. Not, Fair guys, enough. this is Kiss from a Rose by Seal from featured in Batman Forever. Um, and of course, directed by legendary Joel Schumacher, who also directed a few episodes of House of Cards. So um yes. definitely very oh, sad yeah. joel schumacher died at the age of 80 um from a long time so guys we will be back after the classic cut so here we go available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. Yeah, that was Kiss from a Rose by Steel. It's so funny. Classic. My, my, <laughs> it's actually, it's a really good song, you know? I just remember that was like everyone's either like wedding song. Wedding song. It was a wedding song from one of my like good friends. Prom yes. And- Yes, oh, yes, yes. God, I just remember <laughs> it was like everything. Like, uh, yeah. But you know, it's a tribute to Joel Schumacher, certainly. Yes. A legendary film director, and um, sad that he will be missed. A couple more sad passings to announce. Alan Metter, known for directing 80s films such as Girls Just Want to Have Fun and Back to School, uh, had passed away um, at the age of 77. Um, he started out directing music videos for George Harrison and Living John. Um, so another sad passing also includes Steve Bing. He is a producer, philanthropist, and screenwriter. Um, apparently he committed suicide. Um, really sad. The age of 55, um, jumped from a century city apartment building, uh, this past Monday. He was, he'd been suffering, from depression, dude, talk about see that this is where money doesn't necessarily buy happiness. 
Yeah. Bing inherited a fortune of six hundred million from his grandfather, mm. real estate developer Leo Bing, and contributed millions of dollars to the Democratic political causes. Um so sad that he had also passed away. Um, Mark Glamack, Emmy-nominated animator who worked on He-Man and Masters in the Universe, All Dogs Go to Heaven, and Life with Louie passed away at the age of 73. And this is uh, one of the bigger names, uh, in addition to Joel, is British actor Ian Holm, who mm. played a wide range of characters, um, including... Most known for Bilbo Baggins in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, he's also a Shakespearean actor. Um, Ash from also... Alien. You know, That's right. right. The, uh, priest, really... the Priest in Fifth Elements. The Brazil. Yes. Wow. The Priest in the Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. What, what a memorable role in yeah. that film. Man, we're have just you read about... his autobiography? It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Is it really good? He's very candid about his extramarital affairs. Yeah. <laughs> Very candid. Honesty is wow. good. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. It's like, That's yeah, hysterical. I just needed to get laid that weekend. Especially like, if he was okay. <laughs> especially if he was uh, currently married when he wrote that, then that would be interesting. He went through four marriages. Four mar- typical for Hollywood actors. There you go. <laughs> especially yeah. if it during a yeah his age uh, age range. I, uh, I'm pretty sure James Cameron's catching up to him. So yeah. So there's a lot of topics I wanted to talk with Miss um, TMF Tiffany Marie for, including the the Black Lives Matter movement. She had a very she was very opinionated on the statues. Um, so um, I'm going to skip ahead to the Me Too stuff. I'm hoping that she'll join. Um, actually, we, we actually won't be able to talk much about that because our special guests will be joining us momentarily. So let's uh, really quick um, just announce honorees for the. 2021 Hollywood Walk of Fame. So they do films, TV, recording artists, um, some of the um, people that will be receiving um, stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame include Josh Brolin, Don Cheadle, Morris Chetnut, Benedict Cumberbatch, Zach Efron already. Wow, getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Giancarlo, Janini, Shia LaBeouf, Jimmy Smith, Naomi Watts. Mm-hmm. Ryan O'Neill yeah. and Ali McGraw. Um, in TV, Nick Cannon, Courtney Cox, um, Judge Greg Mathis, Judge Mathis, interesting, and Doctor Oz getting a star. Sarah Paulson. Wow. Seriously? Yeah. Can you believe right. it, Doctor Oz? Peter Roth and Christian Slater. Uh, recording artists include Missy Elliott, Jefferson Airplane, The Judds. Don McLean, Salt and Peppa, and Kelly Clarkson. Huh. Um, so those are I some of the yeah. celebrities that. Um, I'm surprised really, Salt and Pepper don't have a, a yeah something on the Walk of Fame. Well, That's odd already. But I think we actually are. Yes, we are welcoming on Below the Belt show our featured guest of the evening. She is an amazing actress. She is all over Netflix. My gosh, you can see her in a very powerful film, All Day and a Night. And you can see her in another very different film called Uncorked, also on Netflix. Hey, what a surprise. (laughs) We welcome actress (laughs) Kelly Jenrett. 
Kelly. It is so great to have you on Below the Belt Show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. So we had to watch your films. And mm-hmm. and I got to say, first of all, congratulations on having two great films on Netflix uh, right now. Um, of course, in this quarantine, you can catch up on a lot of film and television, which is what we've been here doing here on, on Below the Belt Show. And of course, um, shifting from the radio station to our respective homes for our show. But nonetheless, um, wow. Let's let's get right into it. Um, all day and a night. Wow. I mean, powerful, heavy, heavy, powerful. heavy, heavy is a very heavy. strong word. And oh my God, A-list acting throughout the entire film. My gosh, you killed it in your role as Delanda. Thank you. My gosh, and you're working among amongst one of my favorite actors because I'm a Westworld fan and Jeffrey Wright, and to see him do a completely different role. As JD, from you know his role as the uh, Westworld scientist of Bernard, <laughs> blew my freaking mind. And um, how was your experience on that film, Kelly? You know, just like you, Jeffrey Wright is by far one of my favorite actors of all times. Uh, he he blew my mind when he went uh, from Peoples. You know, Tiger Woo, Tiger Woo, and, and Shaft to playing Martin Luther King. Yeah. What? Um, so just just being a fan of his already was just um, it was it was overwhelming in the best possible way um, to be able to work alongside him. I had to constantly check myself, like Kelly, you are in this film as an actor. You are not a fan. Stop like getting lost in in the brilliance that is yeah. right and do the job that you were hired to do. So it was it was an incredible experience. Were were you surprised to see um Jeffrey take on a role like JD? Something completely different from what I've seen him do. Um, no, you know, I wasn't I wasn't surprised um because he has just done roles, I mean, like you name it, from from Lackawanna Blues to Lady in the Water to, you know, it's just, he, his career, just the roles he's taken, I I, I feel like are so different from the roles that he has taken before. And so it feels like, yeah, I can see Jeffrey doing something like this. Nice. Which I'm so glad he did. Yes. yes. So how did you prepare for this role as uh, Delanda? You know, I, I've, I've said before, I, I judged her initially um, just because of the choices that she had made, the way she talked to her son. Like, you know, I grew up in a middle class family. Um, we didn't curse. So, like, I don't curse in my real yeah, life. Yeah, a lot of cursing, uh-huh. a lot of N-bombs going around. Yeah, Ooh, it wow. was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Um, <laughs> right? I had to just step back. I had to step back and acknowledge the fact that I was judging her and understand that my job was to tell her story and um, and not to judge her. And so I did my best to um, just just try to get to the truth of of what this story was and what she was trying to share. Well, yeah, so- and sorry, I just want to jump yes. in on that. Um, Kelly, my name's Morgan. I dabble in a little acting but um I just I watched this movie today and I was like Al you're you're making me watch another heavy heavy film and um 
I grew up in Baltimore, but but like you, uh, middle class family. My family did not curse. Um, my mother wanted better for my sister and I. And this story is so poignant to a lot of Baltimore City, a lot of you know inner cities. And I just your character. It's like that's the strong, struggling black woman mother who. It's it's like she's almost at her wit's end. She wants her son to be better, but like that this movie just tells the whole story about that struggle. Like I even wrote down the quote in there. Slavery taught us how to survive, but not how to mm -hmm. live. Yeah. And I just was like, I that I I get that. Like I think a lot of a lot of black people feel that. And I think this story it's it's important for people to see. I mean uh, so, so thank you for that. Yeah. Do you feel that's the the case in the, the, this current uh, times with all the social and racial injustices going on in the world for for audiences to watch a film like this? Yeah, you know, I I feel like it is the reality for so many people. Um, you know, and and Martin Luther King talked about how you know we're always told like pull yourself up by the bootstraps mm -hmm. and and it's like, well, what happens when I don't have any boots? You right. Know? Then yeah. what? And so, you know, the the way we shot the film was kind of from going from the end to the beginning. And there was a scene, it was like one of the last scenes of the play where Jeffrey Wright is holding our newborn baby. And he's saying that you're going to rise above. Right. All of us. Like, this is not, you are not going to have oh, the life oh, that we had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, I don't feel like any parent uh, hopes for their child to be in a gang or to mm -hmm. uh, spend the rest of their lives in jail. Yes. But it was just, you know, he ended up uh, going to prison, had a felony, and what can you do when when you come out? The system is right. not designed to help you to be better, you know. Um, and so it was just I. It, we, we were both in a situation as parents where we did the best with what we had, and unfortunately, it just wasn't good enough. Well, the other um, parent, maybe not so much, right? Yeah. <laughs> JD, obviously, um, well, I guess we can talk a little spoiler stuff about the film, but uh, JD and, and Jakar end up in, in prison together, and I guess it just shows like father, like son, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, what is, I mean, is, it was a nice moment at the end with the plan, yeah. but I, I liked that, but it still was just, you know, sad. Like, is, was Ja going to get out? Like, uh, you know, I think they sentenced him to life in prison. Yeah. 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 It's like, so, it's, it's, a, it's a sad moment. Cause it's like, these guys are stuck together in prison for life. And that, and it took that yeah. to get them to finally have that bond. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and him saying, "Come on, old man, let me let me teach you how to yeah. grow." Something. Right, and it, it begs yeah, it begs that the was question. Yeah. yeah, it begs it begs the question like, was all that worth it? Right, was all of that worth it? Yeah, you know. So yeah, I, was, I, I was rooting for uh, for Jakar, uh, play who played who's played brilliantly by Ashton Sanders, yeah. man. It's, like that kid is so good. I mean, yeah. Moonlight and um, Native Son. Uh, yeah. I got to check that out. Uh, his, his acting work is brilliant. I mean, oh, the entire cast of that film, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I cannot yeah. say. When I was watching things. it, when yeah. I was watching, I was comparing it to um, one of my favorite movies from 2018, Blind Spotting. 
Yeah, yeah. I just watched that. My husband yeah. and I just watched that the other day. Yeah. If you don't know the plot of Blind Spotting, basically, um, Debbie Diggs plays a guy that's on probation for a um, for an assault charge, and so he's three days from from his probation going up uh, and being completed. But on his third day before completion of probation, he witnesses a black an unarmed black man get gunned down in the street by a white police officer. So the problem is, at, on probation, you can't have any kind of criminal interaction whatsoever. So he can't go to the cops and say, hey, I just watched this guy get shot in the street because that would violate his probation. Right. Like reporting a crime technically violates probation. Right. So he has to just suck it up and take it. And it's yeah. like it's indicative of the problems we have currently, which is that basically just to be black in America is a horrible thing, you know, in, in this current time. It's it's been a problem all the way back Civil War and beyond that. So it's like the Civil War was not that long ago, if you really think about it. Right. So so we have this problem that's now finally, finally getting, you know, getting the attention it deserves with, mm-hmm. with uh, you know, Confederate monuments being torn down. And I say, good, tear them down. You know, like the Berlin Wall came down, you know, Nazi swastikas came down. Why shouldn't right. those come down? Confederate you know? flags. Yeah. Like, and besides, <laughs> oh, why yeah. would the. Why would the people in the South want a participation award? Honestly, really? You lost. Why would you celebrate that? <laughs> Why, you, I thought you were not okay with participation awards. Really? Why are you going to be sore losers about that? But yeah, so it, it, it's, uh, it, I compared this to blind spotting and it's the same situation is that it's a cycle. It's an endless cycle that people get, get stuck in. People of the lower class, mm-hmm. people of you know non-white ethnicity typically get caught up in this cycle and it continues to go on and on and on forever. They're influenced by their environment. Yeah, yeah. the nature yeah, so versus nurture concept. We shot not too long before um, we shot all day and a night, I, I believe. Um, okay. Both were shot in Oakland. Yep. Um, okay. And that was what I, want, I wanted to compare it is that it's also an Oakland film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it shows the gentrification of Oakland, the, yeah. uh, the, um, the di- racial divide between the white and black community in Oakland. It's... It's much more explicit in blind spotting in that they have the opening and that it's like the two parallels with the split screen. That in um, uh, in in the current film that that, uh, that you were in, it's a little more of a personal uh, personal right. endeavor. Yeah. But uh, but in um, blind spotting, it's more like you know this is what's happening with each community. So yeah. much more broad. So. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I'm going um, to pour more wine right now. <laughs> It's my did. birthday. I'm pouring more wine. People say that I drink a lot. I don't know why they think that. So, I gotta ask: Are you, as an Emmy-nominated actress, which, I, which we'll get into a little bit on the Emmy's tale, um, do you still have to audition, Kelly, or are you all? I do. Also, you, I do. There's <laughs> this misconception that you know you you get the Emmy nomination and yeah. the world just opens up. Right. While I do feel like I have benefited in a great way. Um, I do still have to audition. Um, I, I have, there are roles that I am offered. Um, I, I was offered the role on Mixed Dish that I shot earlier this year. Um, but I'm, I'm still out here auditioning, hustling, grinding. Still. I love it. What yeah. can, you mentioned Mixed Dish. Uh, what can we expect uh, for, for, for that uh, character? Now hopefully, hopefully they will bring us back. Um, Flex plays my husband. 
um, on on the show, and we are uh, the new black neighbors. That That's are, right. That are moving yes. into the neighborhood. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully they will they will bring us back since she doesn't have any black friends. Morgan, they named that show after you, right, Morgan? Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Rainbow is a little bit older than I was right. in the eighties, but yeah, I do right. I like that show because they make a lot of points about being biracial and black. Um yeah, I and I I remember that episode now that you were in. So yeah, that's that is a good one because because uh, mother is trying to make sure she has black friends and and she's just being too much. So yeah, yeah, my character's like, so you just trying to be my friend because I'm black, right? You know, right, and, right. And part of her is like, yeah, because I don't have any yeah. black friends. Like, can we be friends? Right. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Let's go into Uncorked. Uh, how did you enjoy working with E.C. Nash and Courtney B. Vance? Two incredible, incredible actors and really great ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. 93% critics loved Uncorked. Uh, very different uh, film than All Day and a Night. <laughs> um, uh, uh, so it's, a, I guess, a, a more of a dramedy? Uh, would you yeah, call it? yeah. Oh. I, I would definitely say more of a dramedy. Um, you know, who wouldn't want to work with Niecy Nash and Courtney right. Vance? You know, they yes. they were amazing. And, and Mamadou, who plays the lead, what I mm. loved about this story was that it was just a regular Black family. You right. Know? I just got to kind of peek behind the curtain and see the workings of this family, a father who wanted his son to like, just go into this barbecue business. Yeah. And he's like, but no, I want to be a sommelier. And I know that sommelier was like the most Googled word after uncork. (laughs) I had never even heard that word before. I thought it was a wine wine connoisseur. I had no idea that was actually. And and I was privy to that word back in um, 2018. Um, My best friend's friend was um, seeking to become a sommelier. And so I was like introduced to that. Um, And so it was just really cool to see this uh, regular black man wanting Mm -hmm. to become a master sommelier. So I thought it was I thought it was really cool. And Nisi and Courtney were just fantastic just watching them work together was it was beautiful yeah i saw that especially at the dinner table and we saw all of you collectively i'm glad we were able to get through them there was a lot of laughter a lot of pressure, a lot of takes and people like i don't think people really know how silly courtney b vance is this dude is like, he's pretty funny and very silly. Very silly. <laughs> yeah, of course, he did a yeah. great job on uh, The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Oh, Mike. my God. He was, oh, oh, yeah. oh, God. He was amazing. Amazing. He was amazing. <laughs> amazing. So that's that's a great film. Yeah. You can check out on Netflix. So that is the place to see you for sure. And yeah. let's, let's go into a little bit of your, your other project because, um, first of all, I know, Morgan, you're a very big Handmaid's Tale fan, right? Yeah, yes. so you're excited when I told you Kelly's going to be on the show. So so amazing. I rewatched your episode of of, of uh, Handmaid's Tale, yeah. and uh, only one episode. I was curious, because of your Emmy nomination, why didn't they write more for you? 
You figured they would have wanted to expand yeah, on your character. Yeah, there should have been more, more flashbacks. Yeah, I was curious I about think. that. Yeah, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just as a fan of the show, like even if I had not played Annie, I still wanted to know, like, what happened to yeah. Annie. Like where is Annie now? Um, but right. that just wasn't where the where they saw the show going. Um, and so um, I feel like it was Annie was there to serve the purpose of showing the 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 humanity of uh, June's character, the flaws that you know she was not a perfect woman. Right. Um, kind of like the breaking point for her. So you know I. Hopefully, at some point, they may bring her back, but I don't think that that's that they weren't really going in that direction. And I, I, I'm all of us were surprised that I got the Emmy nomination. I know they were for sure. How did you feel when you first heard the news? Um, you I, I just kept saying no. I was like, no. <laughs> did you no. somersault? No, I no, don't want the nomination. It's a mistake. No. <laughs> Like the like the woman from Get Out. No. No. <laughs> uh, that that show gives me such anxiety. Um, like I just remember trying to binge the whole last season, being like, just I just need to get through it because it it's just so intense and it's it's like. You know, and a lot of people are like, this is what our world is coming to. And I'm like, yeah. just lobotomize me if that's coming, because I, I can't. What does, it, what does it feel like to have a panic attack for 10 hours straight? Yeah. Ooh, you know, yeah. The, first, the first episode of season two, um, I said, yeah. I'm glad I'm, I, I have, I'm in season two. I'll keep watching. But <laughs> I didn't know that I was, I was like, ah, this, this first episode of season two, y'all taking me out. Yes. <laughs> I know we would. What's well, uh, the thing? You made such an impact uh, on your episode, and even though you were in two scenes, that just goes to show what an incredible yeah. acting um, job you did in that in that series. So congratulations again. I mean that just that's just awesome to have on your resume. Yeah. Emmy yeah. nominated. I mean. Emmy nominated. You, you yeah. can't. Can't do anything. Can't take it away. Can't take it away. Right. It's there. Nominated alongside my husband. You know, we were the first African American married couple to be nominated in the same year. So it was, you know, it was a blessing to be nominated with him. I'm very much like, I don't want to do red carpets. I'm very like, Mm. I don't want to. You know, I'll be in the corner. He (laughs) lives on the red carpet. Never met a stranger (laughs) in his life. So to be able to have that balance. Um, yeah. And to be able to walk on the red carpet, which gives me so much anxiety and look to my left or my right and see my husband there was very comforting. Well, you got to admit with the pandemic now, uh, first of, personally, I'm missing the red carpets. Yeah. <laughs> I miss red carpet events. I've had my yeah. picture. Al is you the just... only one of us that actually gets to go to those things. So, so hey, you're, lucky. Day, you're lucky, you bastard. <laughs> you got to spread it around now. You got to spread it around. <laughs> One day. Uh, do you miss Do you miss all the big events? Um. <laughs> She's no. like, oh, okay. No, I mean, I do. What I do you miss the most? Just being a so I enjoy shooting pool. 
you know, I, I miss I miss not being able to just go out like and normal. shoot. Yeah, yeah, just just the normal. I mean, just go to I, a local bar and just shooting pool, huh? Just, just shooting kidding. pool. Yeah. Just shooting pool. Just being able to do what you want to do. Yeah. Right. That's, without yeah. the fear of somebody coughing and you like, uh, can you, you know, I, yeah. I, I, anytime my nose runs, I'm like, I'm always like, I don't have COVID. I just, it's just. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. So much. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I. Part of me is like, oh man, it would be cool to go to these events to get dressed up and get the makeup. Um, but it's not. It's not the first thing I miss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, of course, um, production um, has been on hold. I know. Um, on the 12th of June, they started in Los Angeles. Uh, have Have you gotten the green light on any productions coming up your way? I have not. I um, oh. yeah, I am still just kind of waiting to see what that looks like. You know, I feel like you can write out all the things that you want to write out, and you can say this is what it's going to look like, and we're going to do this, and we'll have this implemented and this in place. It's, I feel like it's a different thing when you actually get there. Like, what does this look like in real life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I even said, like, the restrictions that they have for, like, actual production that they put out recently is, like, every shoot's going to take, like, an enormous amount of time. Yeah. Like, there's just no way of, there's no way of working around it. Like, there's, like, hand sanitizer for absolutely everyone. You have to bring your own gloves, your own mask, and it's, like... It's just it's an egregious amount of rules, and it's just like just wait. It's better well, to just, it's better to just wait, honestly, and just try to produce more content in contained spaces. Yeah, you know, they talked about you know coming hair and makeup ready, which you know mm-hmm. I can do I can do my makeup for something like this, but yeah, you, look, you know they you shoot in great. HD, and it's <laughs> like. No, I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going to do you that. want that trailer, yeah, with all the, the hair and makeup experts. Yeah, I know. I got you. I know what you're saying. What about catering? That's going to change, you know? No, oh, God. Crafty. They're going to eliminate the buffets. Everything oh, is box lunches now. Everything is a box oh, lunch. Oh, my there God. Are, everything is box lunches and sandwiches. There is no more buffet. God. That is all gone. Or bring wow, your own. Gone. Yeah. yeah. So the scope of stuff will change. Um, intimate scenes uh, will be uh, limited, <laughs> I guess. How the hell do you shoot those? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you work with your your spouse or your significant other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I'll be like, so my husband will be the body double, just right. shooting <laughs> the back, you know, shooting right. the back of his head. <laughs> yeah, that's that's real tricky. You know yeah. how do you, how do you do that? How do you shoot intimate scenes? How do you shoot? Um, party scenes or background, lots of backgrounds. Yeah, that's when you get the robots, like we were talking <laughs> about earlier. Oh yeah, yeah, we were AI. talking how an AI say, robot is going to be we cast. We were talking about this. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about like uh, Warner Brothers was pushing forward an AI program that would create their films for them. Remember that? They were gonna <laughs> an AI program was going to be used to write scripts. Oh my god! Films for Warner awesome. Brothers. And I was like, they're just going to produce like animated films using those scripts. <laughs> like it's I have a feeling that animated films are going to be the new way to go because actors yeah. can be separated and they don't have to be in the mm, same room together. True. Yeah. It's a scary world, I and mean, I always think like The Handmaid's Tale could be a possible future. I mean, do you ever? It's dystopian, but there's realistic aspects to it. I mean, there yeah. could be an un- environmental um, 
event that causes women to be infertile, uh, certain women to be infertile, and and all this stuff. I mean, that that's just a certain, yeah, you know, a crazy rally that could happen. I so, mean, if that happens, I hope the rapture happens and I'm taken away. So, yeah. well, it's 2020. Bye. Anything's possible. Right. So speaking. <laughs> Listen, just come on back, Jesus. <laughs> yes, take me, Jesus. What have, what have we had so far? We've had earthquakes. We've had murder hornets. We've had COVID. What else have we had? We lost Kobe Bryant. We have Australian we lost Kobe. fires. Yeah. So. And lost, I can yeah. pivot this to acts of terrorism and your show Manhunt focused <laughs> on Richard Jewell in the Atlantic, uh, okay. the Atlanta bombings of the Olympic Games. Um, and you play FBI agent Stacy Knox. Yeah. That's amazing. You're in the um, that you're a, um, a regular for this that series, and I think it's cool. There was it kind of came out concurrently with the Richard Jewell film. It did. Uh, Richard Jewell the film came out first, and then we. Yeah. Okay. How do you feel about that, and and what comparisons uh, can you say about the between the series and the the Richard Jewell film? I thought it was great. I thought, you know, listen, Clint Eastwood, Richard Jewell comes out. There's a buzz that is created for us. Um, You know, they have two hours, two and a half hours to tell a story. We um, told it across 10 episodes. And yeah, we were able to really kind of dig deeper into some of these characters, into the story. Um, and so I was grateful that we had that amount of time to to tell it. Um, I felt like both um, both cats were spectacular. Um, I I am so partial to uh, Cameron as Richard Jewell. It he is he is so phenomenal. And there were there was a scene, an interrogation scene that we shot with him, and you know I I was fighting back tears. It's, Kelly was fighting back tears because he was just, he was so moving and it was, it just gave me chills and I was so grateful to be able to be a part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I checked out um, the first season and then the second season I have yet to watch, but I saw the trailer and yeah. I was like, my gosh, this is just, I mean, like the, the, the comparisons to Richard, I mean, it's the same story, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a different perspective, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We like, you know, with the Kathy Scruggs character, we were able to get more into her story. They didn't really have time to to dig deep into that. Um, yes. You know, the relationship between Richard and his mother, we got to expound on more in the series than they were able to in the film. So we we had the luxury of time. Would you say the Kathy Scruggs character was less controversial in the series than it was in the film? I think so. Yeah, I I think so. Again, because we had the opportunity to kind of show different layers and colors, um, you know, and there's there's only so much you can do in a film and so much that you can you can tell, you know. Right, right. Obviously, uh, the controversy I'm alluding to is the Kathy Scrub sleeping with another uh, person to obtain information, which if was not true, could people could consider it controversial if it was supposed yeah. to be a biopics and i can totally understand the controversy surrounding it but uh yeah and that's yeah. not what it was um mm-hmm. in our in our show we didn't show her um sleeping with a detective um I, mm-hmm. you know that was a choice that that they made for whatever reasons i don't know what research they did to um 
see if that was true or if that was just creative license that they were taking. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I appreciate it in our show. You know, you 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 got to feel for for that character. Your heart broke a little bit for her mm -hmm. and seeing her backstory and where she came from and what motivated her and drove her, you know, to to be to to become the woman that that she ended up becoming. Um, what can you say about uh, Stacey uh, Knox character as far as the parallels with other FBI agents or the actual if there is an actual Stacey Knox FBI agent? And yeah, there wasn't an actual Stacey Knox character. Um, she was just, I think, kind of a compilation. Um, there was no Stacey Knox in the film. Um, they didn't really touch on um, on there. There was in ours. In our show, um, the one of the women, uh, one of the people who were killed, um, a black woman and her daughter, uh, Fallon, I believe was the daughter's name. Um, you know, we kind of showed their story. That was kind of glossed <laughs> over oh, in oh, the oh, film. Um, and so with my character, she was she was a bad mama. Like, yeah. I, I love yeah. her, you know. Um, and what I loved about working on the show, the writer, Andrew, um, really kind of allowed me to talk about the backstory of who this character was, you know, because she was the only black female um, detective and just the fight that she had to go through and doing my research there, the, um, there was this coalition of, of black people who sued the FBI for discrimination back in the, in the nineties. And so, you know, understanding that as a black woman, how difficult that would be. And, you know, right. pulling from my father, uh, my dad, who is a retired police officer, you know, and thinking about everything that's going on now yep. and how uncool it is to be black and be in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. But that's not always what it is. My character um, in, in the show, she says to her partner, who is white, that growing up, all of the officers looked like you and all of the victims looked like me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, it's like, it's it does something to you when you are able to see someone in authority who looks like you, you know, mm -hmm. and, and to be able to communicate with them in, in a way that they understand, you know? Wow. Yeah. So I guess I could uh, pivot from that to... Um, a play uh, that um, that you're writing, uh, commissioned by the Black Rebirth Collective, mm -hmm. which uh, imagines a real life meeting between Betty Shabazz and Coretta Scott King, the widow yeah. of Malcolm mm -hmm. X and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., respectively. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about this play. Very cool. You know, that actually sounds fascinating. Yeah, that's that's a very, cool concept. That's yeah, great. Thank you. It came from the meeting which was written by jeff stetson and the meeting is an imagined meeting between martin luther king and malcolm x mm -hmm. and um saw the play it was phenomenal and i went up to jeff afterwards and said man i would love to see a meeting between betty and coretta and he kind of smiled and walked away someone overheard <laughs> me say that 
And I did to them the same thing that Jeff did to me. I smiled and walked away. Um, but then when I joined forces with Black Rebirth Collective and they inquired about my passions and what I wanted to do, and I told them about Betty and Coretta, they just really pushed me out there and said, start writing, get to writing. And, and um, in, in Betty's biography, Merle Evers Williams, the, the widow um, of Medgar Evers, who was killed, um, shot in the back in his driveway in Mississippi, wrote the foreword. And she said their relationship from top went from rivalry to tolerance to genuine affection. And I, I felt like that was a beautiful thing to kind of see the trajectory of their career go from rivalry to genuine affection. And oftentimes we only refer to them as the widows of Malcolm mm -hmm. and Martin. And these were women who had dreams before they became the wives to these women, uh, these men and the widows of these men. And I wanted to really like get in there and understand who these women were. Um, and so that's kind of the journey that we get to take in this in this piece. I'm currently on the seventh draft. Seventh draft. Um, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's funny um, <laughs> because my first drafts, first probably two, three drafts, they were ultimately talking heads for their husbands. Like they were mm -hmm. basically saying what their husbands would say. I had fallen into that same trap. And it was like strip all of that away. You know, let's just talk to these, let's hear these women talk about whatever they want to talk about, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. I'm sure it wasn't easy for them to have their dreams, Coretta wanting to be this amazing classical opera singer and Betty wanting to be a nurse and, and opening up schools, having to put those things on the shelf to support mm -hmm. your husbands and their movements. That was difficult, you know? So does the play... Um, so basically the conversation is the entirety of the play or yes. is, there, is there other things, scenes that come into play? Okay. Yeah. So it's just like the meeting. It's just um, Malcolm and Martin on stage. This will be just Betty and Coretta. Cool. Cool. So awesome. theater would make sense, uh, I yeah. guess, as opposed to a television uh, yeah. adaptation for this. Is this something that you, after writing you would like to see a run on Broadway and you maybe being a part of it? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I would love to see this go up on Broadway. I don't know that I would um, that I would be in it though. You know, which which makes which makes my mother very unhappy. Very, very unhappy. <laughs> well, you're um, a little younger, I guess, than maybe than they were in their meeting. Yeah, so. but you know, I I um I feel like Coretta was much lighter than I am. And I feel like Betty was a little darker than I am. Um, and so I, I want to honor that, you know, right. I yeah. have an issue when it's like, yeah, we, you know, we're going to make this dark skinned woman, a light skinned woman, or we're going to make yeah. this, you know what I mean? It's like, even, right. I don't want to get started. I don't want to go. No, no, I, I kind of want to yeah. pivot into that discussion. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I, I remember there was some controversy about a biopic um about a yeah is that what it was? Yes, yes of a light-skinned actress playing uh who's traditionally darker skin do you feel that that accuracy needs to, to come into play with, with skin I do, tone i do because i feel yeah. like um they made it so much about the the skin color when that wasn't that wasn't mm -hmm. even part of it you know and and the the young lady who uh wrote the book that the piece was um 
based off of she finally she wrote this amazing article where she just shared her disappointment with it. You know, she said she thought she was going to get hidden figures and ended up getting the real housewives of Atlanta. And yeah. 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 And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's it right there. Uh, yeah. I've worked and on a real like, housewives uh, show, unfortunately. So I know exactly what that means. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, how about it's not, not was fun. So much, it's not there fun. There was so much that, that there was so much good stuff. There was already yeah. so much drama in her life that they could have taken right. that it just felt like, why, why do we have to, to do this? You know? Yeah. Similarly, yeah. when Aunt Viv went from a light-skinned uh, actress to a darker-skinned actress in the press, from a dark Bel- skin, yeah, from a dark-skinned actress to a lighter skin. Yeah, I reversed it. Yeah, and a r- original Aunt Viv is so much better, <laughs> I think, personally. <laughs> was was that the, is that the same is that the same phenomenon? I guess or no? You know, I feel like I, don't, I feel like. I mean, I don't know if it's if it's the same because with Madam C.J. Walker, like there was a real person already, you know, okay. she, the, the, the Addie um, Monroe character who I think ended up being a compilation of people or whatever they said, she was a real person, you know? And so I, I feel like for whatever creative differences they may have had with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I mean, I don't know if their thinking was, you know, we already had a dark skin actress. Now let's go light skin. I don't think that that was their thinking, um, but I don't know. I wasn't there, um, but I just feel like it, I feel like the two are different. Okay. And I guess um, conversely, a lot of uh, television shows that might have had skits or episodes with white actors in blackface uh, from 30 Rock uh, and the Scrubs and, um, of course, uh, Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel, both doing skits. Um, you know, obviously they had to apologize for that, but those, do you feel that, that those something that needed to be done, um, remove those episodes, um, because it's not okay. I mean, but yeah. yet we still see it in, in modern times in modern television. I, I mean, compared, um, compared to something like Tropic Thunder, where like the joke was that a white actor would take on the role of a black man. That was inherently the joke. So mm-hmm. is it really offensive? Is it? Like the the fact that, that it's offensive is the joke. Like it's one of those right. things where it's like people that didn't want to go, people that saw that movie and didn't want to laugh, eventually like halfway through the movie, finally laughed. They finally yeah. let go. They like it, it's a it's yeah. a genuinely good movie. I would not say it's like a masterpiece of cinema or something like that, but it's like it's a fun movie. Yeah. Like Robert Downey Jr. playing a black man. It it did bring up one of my favorite memes, which is what would you, who would you cast as Iron Man if Iron Man was black? And then still still the quote was Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> but uh, I do you, but, do you have any thoughts you know, on it? There's certain examples where it's like yeah, it's okay it's, to let it go, but in something but, like Thirty Rock and Scrubs, yeah, it's okay. Let's get rid of those. Yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah. I don't know. I if think all of it depends on context. Yeah. Is that, is that, do you think it's context, Kelly? Do you think it's it's? Well, for, uh, I know Morgan is trying to say something. So I just feel like I think the problem with it is that so many people are not educated about how offensive blackface is and what it like how it started. Yeah. I mean, I remember first learning about it, and I mean, I'm sure my mother told me about it, but I I remember taking an African-American literature class and 
my mind was blown that this was something that white actors did as a form of entertainment. So not only could black people who are talented in our own right, we couldn't we couldn't get up on stage and tap dance and dance. It had to be someone that was white that was putting on blackface and then putting on the stereotype of the mammy or the uh you know, the coon, what have you. And that was laughed at and it was funny. And I mean, I have a lot of white friends and some of them, I just remember like having to explain this. And, and it's like, it's like the whole thing that's going on now. I don't think people are inherently, a lot of people aren't inherently bad. A lot of people aren't inherently racist. They are ignorant. And I don't know if that's the school system or it starts at the home, but like, I just still know there are people that had no idea what, what blackface was and why it is so offensive. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is that it's not a lot of the things we're now talking about have not been discussed. Yeah. And it's well, like with, uh, it should be discussed with, you know, gone with the wind got pulled from right. uh, HBO max for like a couple of days because they were like, this has inherently, you know, offensive racial elements to it. It's like, it was made back in like what the fifties. Right. Like it was made in a different time frame. It's it's not meant to be inherently. It's not like the film was. I mean, it's it, offensive. It was, it was offensive, made with people with a different mindset. Right, like, and that is what it is. That's what needs to be discussed. Like, right. it needs to be told that yes, this is an this is a you know critically acclaimed film, but this character who by the way got the first oscar as a black woman hattie mcdaniel hattie mcdaniels but like but how did she get it she was playing a stereotype which yeah. you know aunt jemima like it's mm -hmm. just like i feel like our history needs to be discussed and understood and it's okay that we've made mistakes but we need to address it so that it our doesn't happen again yeah get that you know and i think that's that's part of the problem that because you have like my my mom's generation like my mom I, I remember having a conversation with her and she just got so emotional and she was upset and she she's 66 and she was like i've been dealing with this all my life and right. she's only 66 you know yeah. but she she grew up where you know sorry you can't Try on those shoes, you black little girl. Sorry, you cannot drink from this water fountain, you black little girl. And then, you know, she grew up and so did the the her other white um, counterparts. They grew up and they taught their children. Right. And, right. You know, people like Morgan said, like, we have to be educated. Don't take it down, but let's talk about it. You know, right. let's have a conversation because. It wasn't, even though that may have been the mindset then, it wasn't right then and it's not right now. And unfortunately, because you talk about systemic racism, it's because it's never been addressed. You right. Know, it's that thing of like, oh, turn the other, turn the other cheek or, you know, you yes. should be grateful. You should be grateful that you got to be a part of this. Aren't you grateful? You know, I feel, I feel like we've done that. Like, I mean, I remember not, it was just, there are so many things that have now been brought up that I didn't even, I wasn't even really consciously aware of. Mm -hmm. And I think you're, you just said it, like, those are the things we need to talk about. And 
hopefully about get somewhere. We have to educate people, I think. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the bottom and line. People, and, and allow people, we talked about this in my church on Sunday, you know, this cancel culture. We're so right. quick to like cancel people, but what, and ultimately what cancel culture is, is you made a mistake. I'm not going to forgive you. Right. Here, yeah. You know, I have, I have white friends who are like, I'm like, what do I do? And it's right. unfair of me to be like, no, you white, figure it out yourself. Right. I, you know, if if you're willing to learn, like, let's have a conversation because I don't I have hundred percent. Like, if you're willing to walk beside me and we figure this thing out, come on, I'm I'm down with it. You know, but That's we're so true. quick, we're so, and I get it. Like, we have a right to be angry, mm-hmm. and yet, then where's the where's the solution? Where do we find right. peace after the anger? You know, yeah. which is which is a beautiful thing, which, you know, Martin mm-hmm. King was like, oh, light years before his time. Absolutely. Yep. Very well said, Kelly. This was an amazing interview. I'm, I'm glad you got a little yes. off topic with us. Yeah. to talk about some of the, uh, you know, issues going on today in our society with with systemic racism and mm-hmm. and injustices going on. This is very, very valid, and very current. And I'm glad you could talk about that as well. Yeah. And. Of course, we can check out Kelly all over Netflix, <laughs> all day and the night, and on Court. Catch Handmaid's Tale if you want to catch her episode, which was season two, episode four, which I checked out. Uh, check out Manhunt, uh, season two, the entire uh, season uh, for more of Kelly. And amazing, amazing interview. Thank you so much for being a part of yes, BCP Below the Bell. And before we let you go, uh, Kelly, if you could let us know who you are. Throughout, um, you know, all day and a night on Cork from Manhunt, whatever, and let us know you're on below the belt, and then throw out whatever you want at the end. Maybe a peaceful quote or something, something meaningful to you at the end. Yeah, my name is Kelly Jenrette. I play Delanda in All Day and a Night, Brenda in Uncorked, and Sergeant Stacy, uh, Detective. FBI detective Stacy Knox. I'm gonna take that back and do that again. How about yes, that? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> take two. Take two. Back to one. My name is Kelly Jenrette. I play Delanda on All Day and a Night, Brenda in Uncourt, and FBI detective Stacy Knox on Manhunt Deadly Games. My favorite quote is It is well. In the midst of all of the chaos that is going on, find peace within yourself, within God, stay rooted and grounded, and know it's going to be all right. And if you could add, you're on our show, Below the Belt Show? And I am on Below the Belt. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> nice. Kelly, okay. thank you so much for calling in, Skyping into our BTB Quarantine at Home Edition. Mm. Uh, and uh, it was amazing. And thank you so much. Best thank of luck you to you. Thank you for having me. Take right. care. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Good night, Kelly. Thank you. Good night. Some awesome, awesome. That was Kelly Jenrett on Below the Belt Show. That was amazing, guys. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Oh, you know how to end the call, Kelly? I- <laughs> Am I still in? You're still on. Yeah, <laughs> you, you just you, hit you, the little uh, the little phone button at the bottom. There, there you go. You go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So back. So it uh, looks like Miss Tiffany Marie Ford will not be joining us, but that's okay. We no. will we will okay. wrap up uh, with just a couple important things uh, on the BLM movement, which we addressed a lot with Kelly. But there's only a couple she more things great. I want to add on that she before, and then uh, of course on the Me Too matter. Wasn't she great? 
She was mm. great. Fantastic. So, so good. So good. I'm glad she could talk about that. But um, I feel yeah. like she said a lot of the things that it's kind of like what I talked about the last time I was on here. Like, she's right. Like, that cancel culture gets us nowhere. Yeah. It needs to be a conversation. It needs, I mean. We need to educate. It, we need to. I mean, because if we, if we just are like, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. You know, we don't get anywhere. Yeah. And I think, I, I just, I think she, everything she said was like dead on. So. So a couple topics on that. she was that. great. Yeah, she was great. But I do want to talk about all the statue controversy going on right now. So President Trump uh, said that. Anyone who vandalizes any monument statue or other such federal property will be arrested and face up to 10 years in prison, citing a little-known 2000 piece of legislation. You can't just legislate what the prison sentence will be. <laughs> that's not how uh, that's not how a presidency operates. <sighs> You're not granted. Gra- okay, granted. I mean, some of these statues are federal property, and the Confederate, the Confederate affiliated statues yes they have taken them down and they the 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 state or the city has made you know the move to take them down without having protesters intervening but what are your thoughts on some latest ones which are a little more controversial so george washington the first president of the united states i mean i mean uh apparently they draped an american flag toppled it and um uh, so, I mean, I just I have mixed feelings because it's like it's like yeah, what Jesse was it's like what Jesse was saying earlier. Like, the, yes, we can't like protests and riots. You know, sometimes things need to be uncomfortable for us to change. I get yeah. that, but I'm also from the school of like, I mean, it's a statue, like can't we do the same thing we did with gone with the wind? Like it's already there. Like we're not, no one's walking around going, Oh, we're paying homage to this statue of whoever. Like, no, but it's, the, it's the people that are admiring it. It's more of like, right. Like who's it's a, admiring? It's a symbol of oppression in a way. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's like, why were the Nazi swastikas torn down right. after world war two? Why was the Berlin Wall destroyed once Western and Eastern Germany were reunited? Mm-hmm. Like it's the symbolism right. of it either unites or divides people. And so you have like the statues of Robert E. Lee, who led the Confederate Army during the Civil War. Be- tear that down because he's okay. a symbol of he's a symbol of the South will rise again. Right. Like like the people that but, say that shit, they weren't even around during the Civil War. Correct. Right. What you still think, believe that that shit will happen? What about the leader of the um, the Union Army, Grant? So supposedly people were, um, you know, um, attacking or desecrating that statue when he was the freaking leader of the Union against the, the Confederacy. Here's the thing: like even in the people North, are just ignorant, though. I mean, the problem was also oh, the controversy was that Grant was gifted a slave that he eventually released. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he actually owned the slave for a period of time when it was considered the norm back then, he should I mean it's get, it I mean part of, it was part of the culture. It was part of the culture. It was just it was more like how you treated the people you were around you. Like right. yes, people in the north had slaves. 
it was right. a normal thing. It was right. not that uncommon. So, for like, the idea- should you call, hold them accountable and, and take down their freaking statue? That's that's, that's mean- the touchy issue. Is that everyone says, "Oh, everyone's an asshole." It's like. You know what? If you really break down every single person throughout history, everyone was an asshole. Well, yes. Right. Like, we every single person had massive so why, flaws. Why are you trying to take a, a piece of American history? I mean, freaking uh, Francis Scott Key, who wrote the lyrics of the uh, Star Spangled Banner, people want to tear statues of him up because he owned a slave. You know, to be completely honest, I mean, to be honest and be incredibly crude, you have to grade all these guys on a curve. <laughs> Okay, let's let's be honest here. Like every single person back at that time frame had horrible shit that they were that what they were doing. Ben Franklin would w- cheated on his wife multiple times. Had mistresses in France. Okay, look, you can't look at these and people and say. And he's all about the Benjamins, baby. It's all about the Benjamins. So it's like, yeah. look, look, this guy was mil, Benjamin Franklin was a player, absolutely. Right. Like that, that's the thing. You can't grade these people as if like they were wonderful people. Like right. they they were human like the rest of us were. They made mistakes, they had flaws. Thomas Jefferson, he impregnated right. his slave. <laughs> like, let's be honest here. It happens. What about they, Mahatma you, Gandhi? Supposedly about it desecrated Gandhi statues. Gandhi was all about peace. Like that one, I so, will say is absolute fucking ignorance. So if he's why are we? Leader that of one India's I would say non-violent, is ignorance, yeah. non-violence, independence movements against the British rule. So yeah, um, <laughs> that was the one where I was like, you know what, you're morons. That's you know? being a freaking moron, mm-hmm. absolutely, dude. So um, but statues of like Robert E. Lee, mm-hmm. fuck them, tear them down. You know, I know Tiffany would absolutely disagree, but it's like it's part of our history. It was like Auschwitz is part of our history, but they don't use that fucking facility anymore. It's a museum. But, and this, I it's think it's a museum. Be, they stop using it. It should be city or state approved, and the, the professionals handle taking it down approved. Right. And they, it should be the Confederates, the people that are in the Union. That should be a law against uh, touching those statues. But anything else that has no bearing on that, please leave it the fuck alone. World War One memorial was supposedly um, you know, yeah, spray just... painted. The first responder sculpture yeah. was was also. Um, I, I have a feeling that most of that red paints. I have a feeling that a lot of that is. It's been revealed recently that the cops have actually vandalized multiple locations in order to dissuade people from per, from protesting. And also it appears that uh, a, lot of, a lot of a lot of very right wing individuals have also pretended to be protesters in order to make the protest movements look bad in order to get the cops to attack them. So interesting. You have multiple factions at war with each other. This is like this is something that will be written in history books. Oh yeah, living in history right now, and it goes to show that people that are in the South, why the fuck are you even still alive? I'm amazed you guys. I'm amazed you guys can actually even feed yourselves. The amount of ignorance that I have seen in the last like month alone. You can see it on your Facebook feed. It is impressive. Have you deleted people from ignorance oh, on, on social yeah. media? Of course, I have. of course I have. Yeah, you, so yeah, you're a little more passionate about that, and I, I totally respect that. 
yeah. Be on the other hand, like I know how I feel, and if you feel differently, we can have an open discussion. Yeah. I mean, like, right. but, like if someone says they're gonna know, vote for Donald Trump, that's it. You're off the list. You're, is that that's Look, your, that's that's that's, it. that's the that's the go-to rule. If you're gonna vote for Trump, like seriously, this guy what has. What about committed. a family member? Fuck yeah! I've com- <laughs> I have gotten rid of multiple family members. I am the out- I am the outlier of my family. I am the liberal guy in my family. Everybody else is very right wing. Yeah, see. You know, so it, it goes to show, like, mean, it goes to show, like, very old people in my family, very, very right wing. Of course. Like, yeah. it, makes sense. It, it seems like as you get older, you get more and more right wing. I as, as I get older, and, and this is my birthday, as I get older, I get more and more left of Lenin. Okay? <laughs> so, so it goes to show that in our generation, the people that tend to be the smartest are the younger ones. And the people that tend to be the dumbest are the old ones. So. Well, that's a debatable one. But yeah. so what do you think about this? So 300 um, names in the entertainment industry, artists, studio executives signed an open letter calling Hollywood to uh, stop producing anti-black content, which includes like, you know, law enforcement arresting black criminals, which probably has to do with the, the how cops got canceled. The long running. Yeah. Um, right. You know, um, I'm in favor of that. Reality show, really? I mean, it's a documentary if you think about it. Yeah, uh, look, cops are that's canceled. Just like that's just like exploitation. I, cops always made me just creep me out. So, so like the idea of like you're watching guys it? like kick in people's doors and like arresting yeah. people that may have not committed a crime. Yeah, man. So Tessa Thompson, Michael B. Jordan, Viola Davis, Viola Davis, Chadwick Boseman all signed on this open letter for for us for to stop producing and distributing anti anti black content um and um yeah so this is kind of on the heels of juneteenth which is um now uh an official holiday in the state of virginia for all williams uh actually good um went on jimmy kim alive with the good news can we can we also bring up the fact that trump's uh (laughs) trump's rally in tulsa failed horribly (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that so made me that, smile yeah. so much. That walk of shame. The from walk the of shame. Yeah, oh, that's great. Well, a lot of a lot of great. people purchased like tickets and, and yeah. Zoom feeds, and they didn't participate in it. And, mm-hmm. You know, the, the I got, attempt. To... I recently got my mom to start watching the Watchmen TV show for HBO. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Even, she's kind of confused by it because she never read the comic, and I was just kind of like, "Well, this happened, and then that happened." She was like, "Oh, okay." She's like, "Oh, it's a great." She's like, "Oh, it's a great show." I applaud you for getting any parents into the superhero genre. Yeah, well, it's you can any it's accessible to anybody. Honestly, it's a crime show. It's a cop show. Yeah, but when you do when you put the superhero, yeah, effect, some people. I feel are like gonna, sixty plus yeah. they they kind of get lost in the. Yeah. You know. I will, but, I will say that uh, what's the guy's name? Yaya Abdul Mateen is now my favorite actor mm-hmm. because he's Doctor Manhattan now. That makes me very happy. Yeah. Yeah. He's also Black Manta. Yes. He's great. In Aquaman. Yes. 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 yes, yes, yes. Black Manta. Badass character, by the yeah, way. Right. That's Great. one of my one of my favorite characters in the DC. Uh, he has a huge film. dick too. Jesus Christ! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> sit, dude, the Watchmen is like he's below in, the belt. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Literally. God damn, dude. Doctor, the Doctor Manhattan in the movie was uh, CG dick, so this is the real deal, right? Yeah, this oh, is the real right. deal. Yeah. Jesus Christ! So, yeah. so we already mentioned so much better than that movie. That movie is just. <laughs> Terrible. Oh. We already mentioned the the blackface episode removals of Scrubs, uh, and um, Thirty Rock, which is very um, expected. Of course, we all know about I Jimmy Kimmel. That. I get Jimmy it. Jimmy Kimmel finally um, 
spoke about this, apologized on his show um, for his, the impressions that he did. And he's actually going to take a hiatus for the summer. I'm not not sure if it had to do with the controversy or not, but supposedly he'll be back Probably. in September. Uh, and uh, yeah, maybe. Um, but this is an interesting one. Jenny Slate from the Netflix animated show Big Mouth um, is going to bail out of her uh, character. She voices a black character. And apparently, apparently, you know, she doesn't agree in the politics surrounding that, Um, even though the character is mixed, black and white, uh, and Jenny is Jewish and white, but she thought it was okay and permissible because her mom Mm. is Jewish and white. But then after that, she decided that, yes, she had to, um, first of all, apologize for um, if she offended anyone for playing that role. Um, But... um, yeah, because it kind of goes on what Kelly said, you know, about the the, the having the ethnicity and the skin tone correct, right. um, and then it, a family it's guy. When it's a joke like like Tropic Thunder, but that is like a rare exception, like a one percent exception. You know, animated comedy. What about Family Guy? You have, um, um, right. you know, Peter's neighbor. Um, the name escapes me. Um, he, it's uh, these vo- it's a black Cleveland. Cleveland. No, Cleveland. The- yeah. That yeah, had, he thing. actually got his own show, which got right, the canceled after like a season. But the actor that plays that that uh, voices him is a white act, white actor. Yeah. You know, so. oh. mm. um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's just like with the Simpsons and Apu. Yeah. Yeah. Hank Azaria, he got there's a whole documentary that. about that. What is it? The uh, the problem with Apu, the documentary. That, yeah, it's, uh, I believe it's on Hulu oh. right now. So, so I have to watch does, that. Does Apu go into the Tropic Thunder territory? Does it go into the? Uh, you know, the blackface territory, uh, you know, it's blackface. like, it's blackface. really? Yes. Because of the stereotypes. Yes. Be, because it's a stereotype. It's like when you can literally have a white guy say, welcome to my, welcome to my store. Welcome to Quickie right. Mart. And it's like, it, Thank it you. feels like a stereotype. Like Indian, so people well. don't, Indian people don't talk yeah. like that. Uh, they don't. <laughs> Don't question. I mean, yourself. I thought it was really good, though. I thought he did. No, it's it, it's it's good that you can do it. That, that Hank Azaria can do an impression. That's great. But leave it to an Indian actor. Do that for that extensive of a time. It feels like a stereotype. Yeah. Right. All right. So I just getting late. I want to go to our last topic before we wrap up tonight's show. Yeah. And that's the Me Too movement. Lots of stories going on about that. Let's start a few of like last week. We threw out two bombshells. A great comedian who I just got to meet in L.A., Chris D'Elia, was just accused of um, talking to underage girls and soliciting um, nude photos of underage girls. And then Danny Masterson from That 70s Show, who was fired from the ranch due to rape allegations, was arrested, um, formally charged with the three counts of rape. Um, He posted bail. Which is like one million, and obviously can afford it. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I know one million, right? To, um, I think it's the same bail amount for a non-celebrity like Derek Chauvin, um, the um, George Floyd uh, cop killer, or the cop who killed George Floyd. Um, yeah. But um, um, so but now he got this, bailed out by his buddies. Fuck yeah, him. fucking asshole. <laughs> I wait, Derek or one of the other cops? I didn't know about Derek. I, I knew about the other cops. No, he got bailed out because they put together a, a like a fund to bail him I didn't out. Know, I didn't know Derek got bailed out. I he, thought he got bailed out. I didn't. I thought it was one of the other out. cops. Okay, because I know one of the other cops had a lesser bail, posted no. his own bail. He got bailed. Okay, wow. Because so, the police force defended him and they bailed him out. 
Holy shit, really? I didn't know that. Like I've said, fuck the police. I gotta look up that article, dude. I gotta look up that article, because I didn't know that. Like, videos of, like, cops in Times Square during these black, black, uh, uh, Black Lives Matter movements that do this. You know what this is? This is the KKK symbol. Cops are doing this. I didn't know that, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of videos of that happening. All right. So yeah, pivoting back to the Me Too. But yeah, pivoting back to the Me Too thing, man. So the Danny Masterson thing was is takes an interesting turn because, as you know, he's a Scientologist, and so so according to Tony Ortega, who is a former editor of the Village Voice, he's been writing about Scientology since '95. He's been talking about how the three women were talking with the LAPD. And some really bizarre circumstances happened. Um, they actually opened one of the cases of one of the victims, and the reports were missing, um, which is crazy. Which is, is probably a reason for the delay uh, mm-hmm. for Bastion to get formally charged. But uh, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And, and Chris Dahlia, pretty horrible because, you know, the guy. Had a heck of a career, man. Um, he, you know, in fact, um, one of his episodes of Workaholics, where ironically he plays a child molester. This is interesting. He played a child molester in Workaholics and um, a pedophile molester in You on Netflix. It's so weird. Mm. And, and his allegations were, you know, sol- trying to solicit nude photos from underage girls. So it's it's like. Art imitating life, life imitating art. So, but now there's new celebrities being accused. This one's a little shocking. Um, this guy probably has a big future in Hollywood, and if it's true, it's sad. But Ansel Elgert, do you guys know who he is? Fault in Our Stars, Divergent, Baby Driver. Oh uh, yeah, Ansel yeah, Elgort. Yeah, yeah. Is that the guy from Star Trek? I don't know about Star Trek. Uh, is he? Is he Star Trek as well? Uh, but I do know Fault in Our Stars, Divergent Baby Driver. Oh, oh, Ansel. Oh, yeah, he's the guy that. Oh, I don't think. You're thinking of Anson. He was like a young. He's a young Harrison Ford. You're thinking of Anson Mount. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. So apparently, um, he's accused of sexually assaulting a woman when she was 17, and I think he was in his early 20s. Um, and apparently, um, he apologized for his actions, but. In- insisted that that Gabby and him had a legal and consensual relationship. So I mm. guess he's alluded mm. to it. After she was um, turned 18, because she was 17, supposedly when she was assaulted, so um, mm. supposedly also sexually assaulted a couple days after she turned 17. Um, um, but he's denying it. Um, supposedly she wanted to escape, but she was says she's 5'2", 98 pounds, small girl, um, and he was insistent on how sex was supposed to be. Um, and she said she was so young, and he knew that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the fact that she's yes. under 18, yeah. even though he was young, in his early 20s or whatever he was, <clears throat> it's still, he's, she's not a legal adult yet. I mean, it's yeah. just... Um, and it goes more from there, guys. Uh, producer and uh, manager David Galad, who uh, whose credits include Extraction, Atomic Blonde, charged with multiple counts of sexual assault, 
Mm. And apparently um, his bail was set to three million. Jesus. Wow. He's formally charged as opposed to the one million for Danny. Um, also accused of kidnapping for rape and rape of a drug person. Jesus. Um, uh, so in total, David has 11 felonies. So this is crazy. So the Me Too um, news has been kind of quiet for a while until like recently. Like Harvey Weinstein was arrested. We all saw the ordeal he went through. Yeah. Did you see court. recently today that uh, Ron Jeremy got uh, and arrested? There's the next one. Yep. I there's saw the next that, one. Yeah. yeah. Ron Jeremy charged with sexual Of all the people. Women. He is in an industry where he gets laid all the time. And you still feel the need to rape? <laughs> rape? Jesus. Dude, you get paid you to fuck. Nut off every day. To, to fuck other women. You get paid to do fuck, this. Dude. Yes. You get paid crazy. to fuck. Are you not satisfied yet? Yes. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy Jesus. because. So now, supposedly, uh, some of these women are adult film stars, and they're, they're, and some one may argue, oh, they're sex workers. You know, that's what you know they should expect the occasional figure okay. up. Yes, but I can understand where one opinion I heard of that's the industry he's in, other that that they're in, sex is their business. So what if he smacks their ass? That's like saying if you're in the construction business, you're expecting like concrete to fall on someone's head. That's an interesting like, analogy. Like, come on, man. It's not okay. <laughs> and uh, in the WWE and wrestling world, I guess all ma- major organizations, same thing. They're, it's called hashtag speaking out. Several names have been accused of yeah. um, inappropriate behavior, starting with Matt Riddle, who's a former UFC superstar. Um, he actually just made his debut from on SmackDown, um, moving from NXT. Um, supposedly f- uh, forced a woman to perform oral sex on him. Um, um, also, um, this is Candy Cartwright. This is the woman that's accusing Matt Riddle. Of course, um, he is uh, saying it's completely false. I think the only celebrity that said, yes, I'm guilty, was um, Louis C.K. Because that was just masturbation. Mm. But I think yeah. every... Celebrity is saying no, no. Have you heard the Have you heard the uh, Dave Chappelle skit about when Louis C.K. did that? And he was like, he was like, here and Louis C.K. ruined my comedy career. And and Dave Chappelle was like, bitch, you don't know how to hang up a phone. <laughs> yeah, if anyone, I, I, I know anyone, that's awful to say, but it kind of made me laugh. If anyone deserves a career back, come on, man, he just yeah. likes to jerk off. Leave, I mean. I mean, I know it's it's some considered assault when you masturbate, but come on, man, you could it's, walk out the door, you can hang up the phone, like you, you said. You could walk out the door, you can hang up the phone, like it's you know, you're not forcing right. someone there. He wants to just jerk off. That's his thing, man. You know, just him being gross. Someone's got their thing. Yeah. Gentleman Jack Gallagher, another WWE superstar, apparently was accused of um, inappropriate behavior, sexual assault. Um, the woman was at a New Year's Eve party, and he was there, um, apparently poured excessive amounts of alcohol in her glass and barged into the room, pulled her skirt down, and allegedly raped her. Now, he was fired from the WWE. So this one, I guess they have enough evidence, but the case of Matt Riddle, they're still under investigation um, because there's other ones um, – like Legero from WWE UK also accused of sexual harassment. That's still in an investigation. Jordan Devlin, the former NXT, NXT Cruiserweight champion, 
also uh, accused of, of sexual assaults. Apparently, um, a woman uh, posted photos on Twitter revealing bruises all over her body. So I guess this is more domestic assault. Excuse me. Um, but nonetheless, assault nonetheless. Um, and of course, um, he denies the claims. He's getting with the legal team. <laughs> Impact Wrestling stars also accuse Joey Ryan, Dave Chris, and Michael Elgin. Elgin accused of sending unsolicited photos. Chris for sexual abuse also sending unsolicited photos. Mm. Um, Ryan was a little more... So like, um, so like dick pics? Is that what they're sending? That's what that is. Ryan, yeah, dick okay. pics, exactly. Ryan's a little more... Um, you know those are very serious. unflattering, right? No matter what Terrible. angle you have, they're very unflattering. Never good. Never, never a good thing. <laughs> there, the woman, the woman on our podcast says they're never good. <laughs> there you although, go. Although, I, I've yet <laughs> no to complain. No one wants those. Yeah, there I've, you go. I've personally yet to complain from an unsolicited vagina photo, I'm just saying. I haven't complained. Well, it's it's different. Right. It's different, right, for guys? As the Seinfeld quote says, the female body is a work of art. The male body is utilitarian. It's for getting around <laughs> like a Jeep. Thank you. Perfect. Like Perfect. And then Joke George, of the day. Goes, George goes, well, some women like it. And Elaine's like, sickies. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Seinfeld, I miss Seinfeld. Yes, Joey Ryan is more serious because allegedly he groped, he literally groped um, another female uh, talent (laughs) in the wrestling world. Yeah, so he groped uh, a woman in a car after uh, he picked her up at the airport. So, Um, also sexual assault from other um, female wrestlers as well. and even saying the word like, oh, well, you're looking so fine or hot, I want to rape you. A wrestler named Sammy Guevara got suspended from AEW from an old interview from 2016, four years ago, may, uh, came to light and said, oh, when I saw Sasha Banks, he's talking about Sasha Banks. Oh, man, when I saw her, I wanted to rape her. And he apologized to Sasha. Sasha was OK, I guess, with the apology. But, you know, he she she, you know said it definitely was not appropriate. Um, no person, man, woman, or child should ever be subjected to feeling of fear or unsafe environment. We should do better uh, to better ourselves for generations to come. So there you go. Um, that's um, that's some of the Me Too movement. I had other stuff, but I know it's late. Jesse, I know that you have to uh, wake up early. What is I your usual? Up in, I have to be up in Four and a half hours. What is your typical um, bedtime? Bedtime <laughs> during the week. Uh, nine thirty, ten o'clock. Okay, so we're gonna wrap up tonight's show. <laughs> yeah, we I like will to- say the only other one I want to address is the uh, Warren Ellis situation. Comics writer Warren Ellis and most yes. recently Justin Latour got busted for grooming women to what? have Warren sex Ellis. with them in their hotel rooms. That's another um, Me Too one. Yeah, and they Warren Ellis. Like, wait, did he write? Did he Trans- write? Metropolitan, um, uh, the Authority. Preacher? That's not the preacher. No, guy. that's Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis is a good one. Oh. He's good. He's good. Okay. Uh, Warren Ellis wrote um, uh, Preacher. Ellis, not Preacher. Um, wrote, what did Warren Ellis write? Uh, Red. Remember the movie Red? Remember that movie Red with Bruce Willis? Yes. He wrote yes, the yes, comic yes. that it was based on. Um, he also wrote um, Planetary. Um, he wrote a lot of storylines in um, 
Marvel's universe. I think he reinvented Moon Knight for a short period of time. Yeah, he um he was a well-known comics writer, and then apparently it turns out that he was grooming women to have sex with them. Uh, yeah, which is which is fucked up because a lot of his books have strong female characters, and he's a trans uh um he's a transgender uh, advocate. Advocate or supporter or supporter or a defender, right. and it's just defender. like yeah. So these, turns, these are underage underage girls that he is currently no grooming. not underage comics people people oh, that okay. work in the comics industry that were of age but still okay. were like you know women in the in the industry that's like yeah come back to my hotel room you know I'll talk to you about uh, making your okay. way in the, one of those situations. typically when I've heard the word grooming the R.B. For- Weinstein situation. When, when, when people have said grooming, usually it's it's they 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 become friendly with them when they're young, and then they strike when they turn eighteen. No, That's they were of age. It's yeah. just that he was doing it to people that were like not in the industry, and it's like, hey, you can get into the industry if you hook up with me. It's like it, it's incredibly fucked up. Yeah. And I always consider Warren Ellis to be one of the best comics writers in the industry, and now it's just like I can't even read his books anymore. See, it like, affects people. Like, it affects like, fuck this guy. Like, some people's work affects people, and that's a thing, you know? I um, mean, there are some people that have gotten over it, like Brian Wood apologized for what he did to other people in the industry, but there are some people like Jason Latour, he did the same shit to people. It's like he was like, yeah, come on. You know, he was the co-creator of Spider-Gwen. Like, and now it turns out that he was just like doing this stuff just to like hook up with women. Mm. Wow. Like, that's a lot of effort just to get laid, dude. Right. That's yeah, a lot is. of effort. There's easier ways to get your nut off. Yeah. Like, there's easier ways to do it. And it just seems like these guys yeah. go through incredible effort to just, you know, eventually just do stupid, horrible shit. Yeah. So. If anything, let the birthday boy get laid. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish. I've been in quarantine for like four months, and I will, all I've been able to do and leave my house is go to the gym and work. There you go. At least you're able to go to the gym. Uh, All right, so let's wrap up the show, guys. So birthdays today, in addition to hardcore bloodshot Jesse Fresco, includes Peter Weller, actor Peter Weller, 73. And my favorite movie is RoboCop. It's RoboCop, yes. (laughs) My favorite movie is RoboCop. Yeah. Also, Nancy Allen, who's also in RoboCop. Favorite movie is RoboCop. 70 today. There you go. Oh, wow. So there you go. Actor Ian Glenn, Sir Jorah Mormont, which was Sabby's nickname with the skin uh-huh. thing. It's hysterical. Was, <laughs> I can't remember if he was called Sir Jorah Mormont because she had the skin condition. Right. Um, uh, it's 59 today. <laughs> Mindy Cowling and the Mindy Project. Uh, happy birthday, 41. Minka Kelly is 40. Actress Vanessa Ray turns 39. Solange Knowles, Beyonce's sister, is 34. And Beanie Feldstein, yeah, yeah nice. Jonah Hill's Jonah's sister, <laughs> Beanie Feldstein, is nice. 27. That's birthdays today. I throw in one more. Uh, Kevin Van Hook, oh, cr- creator of Bloodshot, also born on June 24th. Shares, look at that. Look at this. Look like, at the, the coincidence. The sheer coincidences of the my tie-in. favorite movie is RoboCop. Kevin Van Hook was who created Bloodshot was born on June 24th, and I was born on June 24th. So you were aware about uh, Peter Weller? Having oh, I was aware. I was okay, aware. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Just there like you the, go. The absolute odds of that. Serendipity. Yeah. There you go. All right, guys. It was an incredible show from top to bottom. I'd like to thank, of course, our panel tonight, the birthday boy, 
Harker Bloodshot, Jesse Fresco, Morgan Moses Allen, Yogres. And I'd like to not thank Tiffany Marie Ford, who promised to be here. <laughs> You're going to get some shit when I talk why to you. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, Tiffany, if you got if you have to cancel on a, on a show, please let it be another show. This is Jesse's <laughs> birthday. Please be a part of his show. I, I, I don't even know what to say after I talked to her today and yesterday. I'm like, I don't know what to say. Um, anyways, of course, our special celebrity guest, Kelly Jenrette, amazing, from Seth. Handmaid's Tale. I mean, nominated for Handmaid's Tale, from All Day and A Night on Netflix, Uncorked on Netflix, and Manhunt. Um, check her out. Thank you, Kelly, for an amazing interview. And we're closing with the cool cut. And I'd like for the birthday boy to introduce this song to close out the show. So this song that we're listening to to close out the show is a song called Tech Noir. This is the remix version by Carpenter Brute. Tech Noir uh, was written by uh, one of my favorite bands called Gunship. They're very 80s synth uh, synth pop kind of kind of. Uh, it was rad. I never heard of them, but it was a yeah, really it's cool really track. good stuff. I love this band. I love this band so much, and I really wish that because. They got noticed recently with Ready Player One. They did the main theme for Artemis and Parzival in that film, and that was their big break. So they put out two albums thus far. I highly encourage you to check out their music. And so I really love the sort of dance track, tech noir, uh, Carpenter Brute version of uh, their song. It's really so right, check out so, their music if you get a chance. It's all on iTunes. All right. Awesome. Give, well, them, they, their, give them your money. They deserve it. <laughs> awesome. So here we go with the cool cut the ch- chosen by the birthday celebrant, Jesse. Uh, guys, we will see you next week. Thanks for an incredible show. Until then, peace. Good night. Peace. Thank you. Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, 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 bye,